What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 23 of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at Ready Play Movies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is June 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and I'm joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Troy Bracey. Yes, Troy is here and I'm um, ready to talk about movies, man. I'm excited. Yeah, Troy, Troy, let me uh let me tell you something, man. Uh it just it feels like a crazy ass long week, man. I don't know, man. I just know I don't know why, but some weeks feel shorter than others, and uh Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's been a long week, and uh, I don't know I why. Agree. I don't know, man. I agree. Like, some weeks, I'd be like, man, we just did the podcast <laughs> yesterday. You know, and some weeks, it felt like, like, last podcast, I felt like that was two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. what it, it probably depends on the week, our actual weeks, and how our work shift days go. Or it's E3 whoever. week. I think that's what it is. E3. You know, man. yeah, that's it's been a long weekend just because of E3, you know. Hell uh, yeah. Itself, so. Some, some uh, weeks have two news cycles worth of stuff. And speaking yeah. of news cycles, we actually do have a, a, a pretty healthy, I'm not going to say it's not a, it's not an anemic week for news, but it's also not the, the fattest week of news either. Yeah, it's solid. It's, it's somewhere in the middle here. So we're going to actually get into it here, but first we're going to kick things off with impressions. So Troy, you're only one episode behind on the Bad Batch, so you yeah. actually managed to do two episodes. Yeah. And last week I told you that two the uh, the two episodes were uh, were solid. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with my assessment last week? I definitely agree. You know the Bad Batch. You know earlier on it had me a bit worried because it was like it would be a good episode and a great and then an okay episode, then a really good episode. And, but like the last two episodes I watched, they were dope. <laughs> They, she got the bow and arrow yeah, and shit. Like, and yeah, like, they, they were dope. And I like the way the story is going. You know, I like the the way they, they taking the story. It's kind of unexpected, you know. Like Wrecker's headache and everything. Yeah, you know? like they, they you know, they, they're using the fact that they're clones as an advantage to have story points and, and story beats from the the situation they're dealing with. So I think, you know, I, I like the show. I still got to catch up with one more episode, and that was the one that just passed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I was caught up until then. But, yeah, man, uh, so far I'm still a big fan of The Bad Batch. I hope they don't dip at any point. Cause, but right now I'm invested. Yeah, this next one, it's, uh, it gets really good. Uh, there's a surprise character from the Clone Wars Returns, as well as uh, this character also appeared in Star Wars Rebels. Okay, so and see, and that's one of the things I love about where the Bad Batch is at because it's close enough to where you could pull stuff from the Clone Wars. Well, Rebels really had a bunch of people from Clone Wars too, but it's close enough to where you could pull people from Clone Wars, and since it's taking place uh, before Rebels, before Rebels, but after the show. You know, people from Rebels can show up on the Bad Batch too, and you can recognize yeah. them from Rebels and stuff like that. So it's right here in between a bunch of storyline or arcs where different characters can show up from different eras like, and stuff. Like so. uh, like Finn Shannick, who uh, was in uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, man. So it's it's pretty good. So yeah, far. things are actually looking good. They're not actually like bringing in these characters for no reason. Yeah, you know? and that was and, the big thing I was worried about. Like when they brought old girl. 
girl. I was like, okay, are y'all just bringing her because she just showed up in the Mandalorian? But like, she actually has a purpose, and it actually makes sense. And you it's know driving the plot forward, yeah. right? So uh, yeah, man, they they actually do the characters are making sense. Being yeah, it's actually really good. Uh, things are only intensifying. Uh, with especially with the new character I'm talking about in the newest episode. I'm not going to spoil it. I actually almost wanted to spoil it coming into this episode just because I'd be like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to just <laughs> tell you right now. But you know what? I'm going to let you yeah. I'm gonna let you have it so that way you can uh, be surprised. I bet. Um, but yeah, the I, I really do uh, like where they're going. And um, these characters, especially Omega, they're really doing a good job of helping her grow as a character. And it yeah. really kind of feels like uh, she's sort of taking center stage and coming into her own. Yeah. And I really do, uh, like, I think it's really like the Omega and Hunter show, if you really think about yeah. it. I mean, the thing is with Omega, I was kind of on the fence with her. Uh, and I'm not fully off the fence yet, but I was on the fence because, I, you know, my thing is, like, I don't want them to have some little girl that continuously, because she's young, she make dumb decisions, and that's <laughs> going to be how the plot go. Like, like oh, yeah. she's young, so that's why she did that. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God, you know? And that's, like, my big fear. Like, and they already kind of did it once. She's, like, like one-dimensional kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and they already kind of did it once with the whole, like, you Wandering know, when she got she, kidnapped, and she's like, oh, oh, dumb <laughs> and shit. So I'm hoping, you know, but I, but I do like what they've done with her. They surprisingly made her, you know, she has a lot of courage. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm excited to see, like, the development of her and where they go with the character. As a matter of fact, I'll give you, like, very, very minor spoiler about that. Uh, yeah. About the whole, like, her being dumb and wandering off. Uh, in the very next episode that you're going to watch, she's going to, like... Uh, like repeat after her, like me, like repeat after me, and I was like, all right, what are the, what are we supposed to do? Mm. And she's like, don't trust anyone except for the crew. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, thank yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Like it's perfect. And, 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 and what's so cool about that is they're making her like learn from her mistake. Yeah. That like yeah. they're acknowledging like, okay, she did something stupid. Yeah. But we're gonna acknowledge it and then make it a point of the story. So yeah. that's that's yeah. It was the story. very beginning of the next episode yeah. when she's walking with them and she's repeating like the yeah. like protocols. Like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. And if this happens happens it's like yeah. that's like perfect it's like right. that's like growth that yep. character growth that's, i mean that's like literally answered the question i mean answer my kind of concerns right there yeah so uh it gets better and i really like that um and i'm just i'm actually not even missing uh crosshair anymore by the way like nah. i felt like the show was needing him but now it's like okay nah. this show can go without him you know nah, yeah I, I i i felt like crosshair is good as the role he has to pop up you know, and uh, do some badass shit when he does, but I don't feel like the show is like, without him, it's like, oh, this shit sucks. Like, yeah. I feel like it, it's the way they're doing it, I think is cool. There is one thing I will say before we go into the next one. Um, I will say there's one thing I'm missing from the show that I really, really liked, What's and that? they're sort of straying away from so far in these next Cleese class uh, batch of episodes, no pun intended. What's that? <laughs> is uh, the. Um, they're not really handling or doing or they're shying away from like the political intrigue from the Kaminoans. Mm -hmm. Like I liked the, what the Kaminoans were conspiring and playing yeah. a game of Thrones with the yeah. empire. Yeah. And like, they're like, okay, I know these guys used to be Republic, but now they're yeah. empire. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't trust them. Yeah. They're not doing that anymore. They're not, they don't have any screen well, time. I, and I agree. Cause I, I like that too, especially in the start off, like how yeah. I was like, Oh man, I like how this is going to go. But one thing you got to remember is that it's a lot of episodes, you know, what's to say they're not going to come back and yeah. get involved. You know, they're probably getting away from that for right now because they got to deal with character stuff and yeah. things like that. But I think 
I'm I'm predicting that that's going to come back into play because they they kind of set it up as like a cliffhanger kind of yeah. for like future stuff like you know the big long neck ass they talking <laughs> and you know they you know they was talking to, and like I felt like they have something up their sleeve yeah. you know what I mean because they're clearly trying to get pushed out you know what I'm saying and uh, so I think that's going to come back into play I think it's just they kind of going to get away from it and then you know 20 episodes down yeah. the line or something so I, I there's one last thing though um, is that the the Kevin Owens I believe that's made it seem like Omega is a secret clone like she yeah. wasn't commissioned yeah. by yeah. the Republic nor the yeah. Empire that's what it's saying and like. also there is one line that was very throwaway and I mean very throwaway you don't you blink it or if you overlook it if you don't think about it you'll miss it mm-hmm. there's one line in this latest episode that happened the one that you haven't watched yet that would lead me to believe that Omega might be force sensitive mm. and I don't and it's completely like uh, a line that you don't even think about. It. You could, it's, an, it's completely innocuous, but I'm reading into it. Yeah. Is what I, I mean, there's a, it's a lot of theories out there that she's going to be force sensitive. I mean, you know, in every show, some way, shape, or form, it's a, some kind of Jedi or some force yeah. user in some way. And, like, this has so far been the only show where there's none of that in it. So, she, it, you know, she, it, it would make sense that her being so young that she might be a force user. I'm just, I don't know. Like, she'd be like the only clone that's a force. Yeah, because it's like, way. how can a clone be force? <laughs> you know, so that's why I'm yeah. like, but, but see, here's the thing. Do we know for a fact she's a clone? You know, what's to say she didn't get kidnapped and, you know. Or, well, she and, says, they, they say she is. Yeah, they yeah. say they she say, is. Say she but is. I'm saying, how do we know for a fact yeah, that yeah. she's a clone? You know, some we could come to find out that she's not a clone and uh, whatever the case may be, you know, so. Also, the fact that they changed the gender of the clone is and crazy. And that's yeah. another thing, yeah. like, because I'm like, it's something I might have missed, but she's a girl. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so I didn't know they can like go in there and uh and just get rid of vagina. Like, how does that work? Like, yeah, delete the Y chromosome and put an X in there instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, man. So I I mean, yeah, that'll be fun to find out. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff happening on this show, by the way. It's uh, it's definitely. uh, I'm glad we're keeping up with the show episode by episode. So. Uh, speaking of episode by episode, and, ske- and speaking of our, our lords, our corporate overlords over at Disney, uh, Disney Plus had a new show come out. Uh, we all, we've all all been anticipating it. It's, uh, it's Loki. Episode one dropped. It was just one episode. Unfortunately, they didn't do the WandaVision thing or where they just dropped two episodes. Yeah. Um, it's my understanding that this is only a six-episode season. Uh, they're already greenlit for season two, so that's good. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's why they're not going to put out two episodes back to back. Yeah, like that. yeah. So mean, I mean, that makes me kind of sad. Unless like they're all an hour each, then I'd be okay with it. Like you get six hours, but if they, so like they're forty five minutes each. But yeah, if you get, I mean, forty five to an hour, yeah, yeah, cool. But if you give me thirty minutes and shit, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> come on, bro, it's only six fucking episodes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, six episodes are 45 minutes each. They're about the same length as... Uh, it's the same runtime, actually, of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. Um, so we we had the debut of uh, Loki, and it basically picks up... The beginning of the show picks up where Endgame left off, or during, like... It did. It sped run the, that one part of Endgame during the Avengers time travel, and then where Loki broke off and took the, uh, took the Tesseract and just teleported off. And now we know what happened to him immediately after he took off. He landed in, uh, what was it, uh, Mongolia or Mongolia, I forget. Somewhere. Some Asian, it was an Asian country. I forgot yeah. which country it was. But uh, he landed in the desert in, in, in that Asian country. And then he immediately, right after landing there and talking to the locals for like a second, 
the the time variance authority just came in and just picked them up off the timeline and and then the show is uh, kicked off into full gear. So, uh, so Troy, uh, what did you think of the premise of the show and what do you think of the execution and how they how they did it? Uh, well, I actually um, I think they uh, nailed it. I think they did everything perfect. This episode was a masterpiece. Yes, um, there wasn't a single thing that I really didn't like. I mean, it, I think other than like maybe uh, a little bit, the the uh, the show felt a little bit um, kind of they were like doing the same thing a little bit, a little bit. But other than that, like it's that's like the n- same joke over and over, yeah, and the same like, pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about when he's going through the assembly line and shit like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. It, it felt uh, like they were kind of it was kind of stagnant a little bit. But other than that, man, I love the show. Yeah, uh, it's phenomenal. I wanted to give a shout out to the uh, the way uh, info dumps happen all the time in shows and movies where they just sort of give you like the plot and everything like really fast and they talk to the screen. I love the way they did it in like that Jurassic Park animated uh, thing, you know, like the yeah. DNA one. Yeah, yeah. And now in this one, they got missed minutes and yeah. stuff like that. It was perfect. It was. Yeah. It's it's very like broad enough so like even like uh, your children and like older adults who don't understand multiverse shit can like mm-hmm. get into it, and understand it, and wrap their heads around it. But it's also good it's also sufficient where like all like the people that are into the weeds yeah. are can like dissect it and like really like oh look at look at all these uh easter yeah. eggs and shit right. so i like that i really like the the way they pulled that off and mm-hmm. i also liked the the scenes of between owen wilson and uh and okay. tom hiddleston yeah they were on point the on the mm-hmm. on-screen chemistry was just like that perfect back and forth of them just yeah. like sort of just talking to you yeah. just being in a conversation with each other at the table was just i needed more scenes like that it was so it was handled perfectly mm-hmm. i agree and also um i kind of i kind of appreciate that they sped run the character growth of Loki because he was 2012 Loki who hadn't gone through Thor, Thor the Dark World, hadn't gone through a Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. You know, he hasn't like, you know, lived that life. And so they, it almost, it, it almost like, uh, from, um, uh, like a intellectual perspective, it almost kind of feels like taking a step backwards. Yeah. And, but then they like caught him up, you know, they, they, they caught him I up. Mean, so, what he, was so what was so genius about it is it's like, they spent an entire episode because this first episode was basically a character study of yeah. Loki, and they spent the whole episode basically breaking developing him down. his character to the point where he was when he died in um, Infinity War. They yeah. caught his care in terms of who he is as a person. They caught him up because Back to that, yeah, yeah, because that development over those movies, you know, you re- each movie you kind of see him become a little bit more of a good guy. You know, he's still the bad Loki in each fucking movie, but it's a little bit of good that comes out in him. And by the time he died, I think in, um, infinity war, infinity war, I think he was a Loki that was back and, you know, friends with his brother Thor. Like they had a connection again right before he died. And so this, since this took place in the 2012 Loki, they spent the whole episode basically development, developing his character through dialogue and through, uh, 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 what's the name's character? Owen Wilson's. Owen uh, Wilson's character, uh, yeah. And uh, and the way they executed it was genius. You know, the way they had him, you know, get stripped of all his powers. The way they had him, you know, basically see his life before his eyes and see his and family. Ask him why he does his thing. Right, yeah. and how they kept, you know, how he kept asking him why until he kind of had to forcefully answer the question. 
I mean, it was uh, it was pretty genius, and it was very well written as well. The, the way he projected, by the way, how he said, he's like, oh, this is just a thing for, you know, yeah, weak people yeah, to, you know, yeah. like that kind of, and, and then it, he answered again with the exact same, I was like, damn, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great, and the thing is, that answer, what he said, made sense, because if you think, that's who Loki is as a character, he tries to fool you, and, yeah. and you know what I'm saying, so... You know, I I always felt how that's how Loki is to try to act like he's such a bad guy when you kind of see that something in him he's not as bad. It's almost like he's the spoiled brat brat of rebelling against his family because yeah. he felt unfairly treated. You know, yeah. like the little kid throwing a tantrum, but he's not really that bad. You know, that's how I always felt about Loki's character, and so this show kind of very went deep inside of who the character of Loki is in this universe and I think they did it fantastic. And it wasn't cheap either, by the no, way. No, no. That's like the best part. It's like yeah. you see how in his eyes, the the shock and awe when he dies in his eyes, but even before that, you when he sees Odin die, yeah. you see him like in that, in that scene, he call him his son yeah. and he felt that acceptance yeah. and it's kind of crazy that you know, he From watches his brother, yeah, too. his brother too. When he's standing yeah. next to him, when he's fighting uh, in, in in Ragnarok and stuff yeah. like that, it's like he felt that acceptance, and it's crazy to see that happen. Where he's watching this his future timeline, and he's watching all his mom, his dad, yeah. and his brother, like Die. all like basically, it's yeah. like fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. It was it was so good, and and the thing is, like, I I love how like Loki was so vulnerable in the in the thing, like like him, you know. Um, him worrying about like if it was very funny like damn am I a robot like if you you know oh, yeah. like, you know like he was just so vulnerable he didn't have his powers he didn't like they stripped all that away all of the you know stuff that made him Loki and it was all about him as a character you know what I'm saying and it, him as just a vulnerable character that had to deal with his problems he couldn't run from his problems that was just right there and uh, I like I'm actually surprised on how mar how daring Marvel was with this because just like WandaVision, this show has no action. I mean, I mean, at least so far in the yeah, first episode. episode like, yeah. WandaVision barely had no action. If you go back and watch that, it's probably like two episodes with some kind of action in it. You know, the last episode and one of the middle episodes. But WandaVision was all character, and that's how much I respected that because that was a bold choice. And this seems even bolder because you have a character that's beloved, like with Loki, and you're taking it and dumbing it down to being a character instead of trying to force action and force some scenes, and you kind of don't even know why it was action, but you, it's just there for the sake of it. No, this is like, no, we're gonna make this about character, and uh, that's that's very bold of Marvel, and uh, I respect the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, people are already speculating that this show is a much bigger deal than it actually we thought it was going to be because if you think about the multiverse that we've just now talked about multiple timelines and they mm -hmm. basically tease secret wars in a way um basically they're saying that maybe this has more to do with uh multiverse of madness than we thought more yeah. to do with spider-man yeah. homeworlds than we thought i mean or, the, where is it homeworlds? Oh, uh, no way home oh, no, way, no home. way home fuck i mean if you think about it it's very smart because wandavision is setting up because wanda is going to be in uh in multiverse of madness yeah right and so they're kind of setting up her character as a dang it what is it called when uh a nexus character yeah. they set yeah. her up as a nexus character they brought up nexus yeah. in this or whatever this is about multiverses uh dr strange's multiverse of madness you know you got spider-man that's gonna have multiverse like if you you could already see them slowly the, staring the, the pot, pot yeah you know and it don't feel like it's just random shit you know so marvel could, they're, they're, it's cause and effect <laughs> well, yeah, yeah marvel yeah. is on some real <laughs> shit man and it's like 
I really can't wait to see how all this plays out with Multiverse of Madness. Man. It's crazy to think that if you were to do a phase four of Marvel movies like Multiverse of Madness um, and No Way Home without these Disney Plus shows, or like, how would you have done? Like, how would you have done like a Marvel Phase Four without this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's crazy to think like they're gonna. They would want to, like, imagine trying to make WandaVision into a movie. I mean, the thing you know is, what I mean? what's so it would, crazy, be, it would be the worst for it. Well, what I, mean. I mean, what's what's so crazy about it is I honestly thought, like, the... I honestly thought these shows would be just throwaway shows yeah. in terms of how it connects with the overalls. Like, you know, just how, you know, back in the day, they how they said Daredevil and all that shit yeah. was canon. Like, you Agents, know, of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. None of that had nothing to do with Marvel. It was just like, here goes some extra stuff if you want to watch it, you know. But they said it was connected. So I thought this was going to be like, like a that. newer, better version of that. Like, just as A bigger budgeted version of that. Of yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But no, you're seeing that it actually connects. And I was rumored that Doctor Strange originally was supposed supposed to be in WandaVision you know setting up you know his movie so they they really did look at this thinking no this is all connected and this is all gonna make sense just like we've always done the yeah. geniuses yeah so in case you didn't know that but like Julia, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character uh, like Van Contessa Valentina, whatever the hell her long ass name is, uh, she was supposed to originally debut in Marvel for the first time ever in Black Widow, mm. and then she was gonna show up in Captain America, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. So it's all sort of like yeah. you know, it's all like playing off of each other, and it's yeah. crazy to to see that stuff. But anyways, yeah, man, that was uh definitely a lot of uh, good stuff here. We only watched two the two things here, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna originally watch uh, In the Heights, but I was like, I didn't really feel like watching it. It was a, uh, um, I did not talk about it last week on new releases. I said it was gonna be only in theaters, but I did not know it was a Warner Brothers joint. Yeah. So it's actually debuted last, uh, not just in theaters last Friday, but also on HBO Max. And I almost sat down and watched it, but I was like, damn, this runtime is two hours and twenty minutes. I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't really feel like sitting down for a musical. So. But real quick, uh, Loki, it comes out on Wednesdays, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so y'all love that. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and, and uh, hit up the news now. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. So for the news, there's only um, three um, three news stories that was actually uh, that I have pulled up here. The fourth news story, we have it uh, reserved for topic of the show. We'll get into that here. So let's go ahead and first start off with the Loki uh, from... Um, the Loki's uh, report here that's coming from Deadline. It says here that Loki's first day viewership scores a record for Disney Plus slash Marvel series, and it's per Samba TV. So how popular are Marvel series on Disney Plus? Extremely. Uh, Samba TV reports that Loki's Wednesday premiere drew in 890,000 U.S. households, which the third-party streaming stat organization said is the largest U.S. premiere day audience for any marvel disney plus show so to compare it loki made uh 890,000 household views um which bested the first day views of the falcon and the winter soldier which had 759,000, and wandavision debuted at 655,000. uh loki's viewerships are also uh best the four-day premiere weekend of cruella on disney plus but that pick was available to subscribers at thirty dollars Damn, that's really, so Cruella only did what, less than a million? That's crazy. 
Um, but of course, yeah, you got to pay thirty dollars for that. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But that's actually good. Uh, clearly, the growing numbers of households turning tuning in on day one proves that the Marvel Disney Plus series are growing in momentum. So all we're gonna do is just wait for that first Disney Plus premiere where it's like a million. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be sexy. Uh, Samba TV previously clocked 1.7 million households who tuned in into Falcon and the Winter Soldier's first weekend. Okay, the weekend. Okay, not just day one. Uh, 1.6 million for WandaVision over its uh, first three days. So those came out on Fridays, by the way. So those are the weekend numbers, and Loki was a, was a Wednesday show. Samba TV measures uh, viewerships in 3 million uh, ter- ter- hmm, terrestrial smart TV households for at least five minutes. So, okay, that's uh, how they um, they gather their stuff. So I wonder if we were to say, like, you know, uh, we put three days of Loki and, you know, right, where did that rank and stuff with the other ones? But at least they did over a million on the weekend, so that's good. So as far as Loki uh, doing better than Falcon, but doing better than Wanda, you know, and back-to-back, you see, like, this upward trajectory. Are you expecting, like, the next uh, Disney Plus series to be that, to hit that million mark and... Well, I think it depends on what it, it depends on what comes next. You know, I think if you think of the upwards trajectory, like, okay, you had uh, WandaVision. I think that's the least in terms of anticipated, anticipated. Yeah. yeah. Like when people watch that, it's like a sitcom show. I mean, don't get me wrong. People like me, it was my second most anticipated after Loki, but I, I loved it. But the average person, they're like, like a sitcom or whatever. I'm going to watch it, but whatever. But then you look at Falcon and Winter Soldier, that's more like Captain America, more action, more intense. So then there's like more people going to be invested. And then Loki's the most popular he's villain. Beloved. Yeah. And yeah, he's beloved. So everybody's going to tune in. So I think it depends on what comes next. And, uh, and I think it's like... It's either What If this summer or it's uh, Miss Marvel. Oh, Miss Marvel. One of them, too. Okay, yeah. I think it's What If, though. See, if it's What If, I I doubt What If is going to do better than Loki. Damn. Yeah, I mean, and that's no disrespect to What If. I think What If is going to be fantastic, and I'm excited for What If. You know, uh, but I just don't think that's going to happen. The, the, the appeal, the draw. The yeah, draw yeah. for, you know, to do better numbers than Loki himself, you know, yeah. so. I don't know if it's like a situation where, like, these numbers are growing because, you know, the, the, the shows are more anticipated than the next. Or if it's growing just because Disney Plus itself is growing. Where Disney Plus is now probably at 100 million subscribers by now. It's, yeah. Which is also, by the way, like, if you have 100 million subscribers. To, well, actually, no, wait. Hmm, that's worldwide numbers. Never mind. I was going to say, if you have 100 million subscribers, uh, you know, why are you only drawing in, like, less than a million? But I forgot that this this number only reflects the U.S. numbers. The US, yeah. So I wonder how many uh, U.S.-only uh, Disney Plus members there are. And also, you got to realize, like, they market the fuck out of this. They marketed this almost like a movie. He was showing, uh, Tom Liston was showing up on Jimmy Fallon. I'm seeing all kind of commercials on YouTube. Yeah. I'm saying like this, they put money by, I'm not saying they put movie budget money behind it, but they put some, a nice bit of money for marketing behind this uh, show. So like they, they wanted it to kind of pop off, have yeah. some buzz. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. We'll go ahead and move on to the next story. Uh, comes, uh, it's about a quiet place. So, uh, Jeff Nichols, uh, a quiet place spinoff features locks, uh, feature locks in a 2023 release date. Okay. So let's see what we have, if we have any nice things to say about that, but we'll go ahead and read the story real quick. Uh, the feature is being described as a broadening of the landscape already detailed by director John Krasinski's first two features. 
So after the success of the first two features uh, in the Quiet Place in the A Quiet Place universe, it seems that an even fuller franchise is all but inevitable. Now, the world created by filmmaker and star John Krasinski is officially expanding into, uh, to include a spin-off. According to the playlist, Paramount Pictures has already set aside a March 23rd, 2023 as the date for a new feature film set in the A Quiet Place world to be helmed by director Jeff Nichols. The new film is expected is the, the new film is not expected to be a quiet place part three, but is being described as a feature film broadening the landscape already detailed in Krasinski's first two features. So expect a new crop of characters to be uh, fighting the sound based monsters. Nichols takes on the material. Nichols take on the material is based on an idea by Krasinski. Rumors of a Nichols Helm spinoff has uh, have been chattered for months. Last November, Nichols' involvement was first reported by Deadline, with uh, Krasinski' latest proving to be a box office hit. It looks as if the studio is ready to move forward in an official capacity. So, Troy, you hear the you see this news about uh, somebody who isn't the creator of a, of a universe taking on and directing a, a, a spinoff movie. Um, are you happy with that or are, are you sad by that? Uh, it's annoying. I, I can't stand <laughs> it. Like, this is one of the things that annoyed me so much about Hollywood, man. It's like... We see money, we gonna do it. Yeah, man. It's like, golly. And see, the thing about A Quiet Place, like, A Quiet Place to me doesn't suit a spinoff. Like, I think what's genius about Quiet Place is we have these specific characters that we're invested in and then it's a it's a suspense movie by, over around that, yeah. right? Like, if you notice, like, in A Quiet Place, we barely see the monsters because yeah. it's not about the monsters. It's about the suspense the monster brings. So what's the point of having other characters in the situation? And I can already tell they're going to Hollywood the shit out of this. <laughs> they're going to make it where they're fighting the fucking monsters and, like... Like, they set this shit up in the two Acquired Place movies there. These monsters are un invincible as fuck. You can't do nothing. Like, I don't want to see some guy that creates some machine and now he's fighting the fucking <laughs> monsters and all this dumb shit. Like, it's, it's just a straight up cash grab. That's all it is. It's a straight up cash grab. Now, I'm not saying the movie can't be good. Because it, 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 it probably will be good. But I always feel like if it's cash grabbing involved, then usually it might not be good because the, the quality ain't there. The attention to detail ain't there. It's just there for money's sake. And that usually, you know, ends up being a bad movie. So I'm not saying this movie's going to be bad, but I just don't like the idea at all. Yeah, um, I was actually going to be there kind of with you because I, I wanted to see what your thought was on it. But my original take on it is that um the the movie the franchise is centered around the family and uh the the, the monsters and everything is set dressing exactly um and also what makes it scary is not knowing uh about the monsters or seeing the monsters not seeing them is scarier than seeing them right because if you think about it <clears throat> if you think about it the uh the um, one of the like the the pitfalls that a lot of horror franchise always makes is explaining the 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 the, the evil explaining the yeah. when you get to when you get to start familiarizing yourself with the rules yeah. what they do is like it makes them less scarier, scarier. and they and yeah. they and you the franchise falls apart yeah you know what to expect and so if you're going to be like doing this thing where it's like instead now instead of setting on the east coast we're going to set it on the west coast mm -hmm. and now we're going to be uh, in a military installation we're going to follow these military like militia types in mm -hmm. you know i mean like it's going to be like this more like i don't know it's going to take away from like 
like the feel and the spirit mm-hmm. of what you're originally trying to do. Because one of the things that Krasinski said in his, in his interviews and these behind the scene interviews is like, he was talking about <clears throat> the idea for the movie was about like how scary it is to be a parent about raising children in this world, a scary world. And like, mm-hmm. that's how he got the inspiration. Yeah. And so like, you you almost diminish that by ch- by you know plucking the, the the these characters out of the equation and just telling a whole different story that has nothing to do with you know why you even like the movie <clears throat> and yeah it's gonna be a situation where I bet you it's gonna get all the budget and it's gonna get all the special it's gonna get all the CGI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because so- <laughs> I can only see I can only see the movie going one or two of two ways. It's like it's either gonna be repetitive. Where they gonna have the, just different characters in the Doing exact the same, same, same thing. situation? Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, then what's the point of the spinoff? Or they're gonna take away what was special about it, and like I said, have them fighting the monsters or some dumbass shit, or they're gonna show the monsters having sex or whatever the case gonna be. <laughs> we're gonna go inside the alien spaceship or we're something. We're gonna go, yeah. We're yeah. gonna see the aliens coming to Earth. Like all of that is not what the movie about. So I think I just don't see how I'm gonna like this. I just don't. So I went ahead and I pulled up last week's doc. We talked about on Extra News last week, uh, where it was number 11, and I said, a a third Quiet Place movie has a March 31st, 2023 release date. And so when I pulled up this this, uh, article from Variety, um, it said here that, um, hmm, interesting. Okay, I thought, okay, so whenever I read this headline, by the way, Literally, it says a third uh, Quiet Place movie dated for 2023. And I'm actually reading the fucking story. It actually has Jeff Nichols will take over. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That means last week I misled you guys with the with the headline, which I literally pulled the headline from Variety. I literally fucking read the headline verbatim. And it says here that it's going to happen. And my impression of the headline from last week was that it was going to be a Quiet a Place Part 3. Yeah, yeah. Not a Quiet Place spinoff. Yeah. So now... This article basically is taking that same exact story, but saying instead of March 31st, it's going to be March 23rd, mm-hmm. and it's now officially a spinoff, not A Quiet Place Part 3, which kind of sucks, by the way, because I yeah. wanted it to be A Quiet Place Part 3. I mean, yeah, because like A Quiet Place Part 2 ends on a cliffhanger, where it's like it's going into Part 3. It, it literally ends more on a cliffhanger than the first one did. Like I could have seen the first one ending, and, that, and that's it. But the second one, it's almost like you need a third one to finish the story so I, you know I, I don't know like i don't know if they still plan to do the third one and then but they're gonna just do the spinoff kind of like they do with the conjurance like how with annabelle yeah. and all that I, I'm, I don't know if they're gonna do that or if john kavinsky said he didn't want to do it no more so they say fuck it we're gonna do a spinoff i don't know what the deal you know is. what's kind of crazy is like i feel like they need to rush to do these movies because if you think about what happened with millicent simmons and uh, what's that other actor's name the boys actor i forgot his name Damn uh, the, the 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 young boy that yeah, in, the, yeah. in the sun. Yes. He they they the movie takes place immediately right after the events. Like they're running out right. of the same burning house, yeah, right? So they can't grow and up. so <laughs> they literally like if you watch like the movie like back to back, like you you uh, you stop you you put you take the DVD player or the Blu-ray out mm-hmm. and pop pop in the next one. Suddenly, in five minutes, these He's actors grown. are like taller yeah. and like more grown <laughs> and more mature looking and shit. Yeah. And so like. 
if we're gonna do that thing, we're in Quiet Place Part Three, where we're, we're literally picking up immediately after the well, cliffhanger. See, uh, uh, they're gonna fucking have a growth spurt again. Look, look older, yeah. yeah. I mean, and the thing about it is where it, the way the story is structured, because usually in that problem, the way you can fix it is like you can have time going by and actually have them get yeah. older. But the way a Quiet Place Part Two ends, it's like. You can't have time going by. Like <laughs> they gotta get back together. So yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. So yeah, they're gonna these uh, these actors are gonna hit another growth spurt again. And you know, <laughs> shit. Maybe uh, even if like if where, I forgot the name of the actor, but or even the name of the character was it Noah or something? I don't remember. But anyways, uh, if, what if like we're gonna get to see a situation where his voice changes between movies or yeah. something like that? You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know. I feel like you need to do a Quiet Place Part Three sooner rather than later. Uh, so. Yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to the next story here, and this is the last uh, major uh, story here. Uh, it's a box office disappointment, unfortunately. So, um, in the heights, um, did not reach the heights it was looking for. Uh, what you did there. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even coming from Variety. That was my headline. <laughs> uh, so, in the heights, the acclaimed adaptation from Lin-Manuel Miranda's Broadway show didn't hit all the right notes in its box office debut. The Warner Brothers musical generated a wane $11.4 million from 3,456 U.S. theaters in its first three days of release, below earlier expectations, suggesting the feel-good film would reach $20 million. In the Heights, also open on HBO Max, the streaming service owned by the studio's parent company, uh, Warner Media, uh, though the company didn't report its digital viewership, because they never do, by the way. Um, in a surprise defeat, Paramount's A Quiet Place Part 2 returned to the number one spot in its third outing. I called outing. it. I called it. So, basically, first weekend number one, second weekend number two, third weekend number one again. Yep, and that's only because the Conjuring dropped. Yeah, exactly. It, it did. To date, the sequel has amassed $108.9 million, making it the first blockbuster since the COVID-19 to cross $100 million. You I got was it wrong. wrong about that. You yeah, got it wrong because you, you said, said Godzilla vs. Kong was going to do it first. Yeah, I was wrong about that one. Uh, you even said it was going to make less than Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, I was wrong about that one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's see here. I'm going to skip over here, and it says here, the disappointing uh, commercial reception for In the Heights is puzzling because critics embrace the joyous film, showering it with some of the best reviews of the pandemic era. And I've seen some of those reviews. It was like getting, which one? But In the Heights. Oh, really? It was getting glowing reviews like, oh my God, it's one of the best movies of the year. This person might be nominated for an Oscar and all this other shit. I've been seeing a lot of positive buzz. Uh, moreover, Warner Brothers put substantial marketing heft behind the picture and director John M. Chu, who is the director, he directed Crazy Rich Asians. Um, and Miranda devoted a great deal of energy into promoting the movie, which compensated for the fact that its cast was comprised of mostly unknown stars and emerging actors. So I'm going to go ahead and pull uh, and go to another article, which uh, comes also comes from Variety. Um, it's talking. It sort of breaks down the box office disappointment for the um, for the um, uh, in the heights, and it says that it, it said in its uh, its headline is that HBO Max isn't to blame after the in in the heights fizzles at the box office. So. Um, 
It says here, streaming isn't necessarily to blame for the movie's lackluster $11 million opening weekend. Yes, it's possible that some HBO Max subscribers opted to watch the movie at home rather than venturing out to theaters, depressing overall box office uh, ticket sales. Uh, The company doesn't release viewership data for HBO Max, but even if it did, it wouldn't be impossible to know how much money was left on the table. In reality, In the Heights was facing much larger obstacles than even easy-to-reach TV remotes. It's not really a box office versus streaming problem, says Sean Robbins, the chief analyst at Box Office Pro. In the Heights had a strong core fan base, but it didn't expand beyond that. Robbins notes that recent offerings from Warner Brothers, particularly Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, and The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, each scored solid box office uh, receipts despite opening on HBO Max at the same time. As the movie business recovers from the pandemic, Warner Brothers is putting its entire 2021 slate. Um, and uh, I'm going to skip a little bit and says that uh, Warner Brothers vaguely reaffirmed the notion that streaming isn't cannibalizing ticket sales with the studio's uh, president of domestic uh, distribution telling Associated Press on Sunday morning that HBO Max wasn't entirely at fault for the film's less than stellar turnaround in theaters. Quote, our experience, which is backed up by, upon which is backed up on In the Heights, that if a movie hits high levels in theaters, it also hits high levels on the streaming service. So if it hits low levels in theaters, it also hits low levels on, the, on HBO Max, which are very comparable. Uh, so, Troy, do you believe that? Or And two, what else do you think about uh, its uh, failings? Well, so I don't believe that exactly because... <laughs> what? Well, well, here's the okay. why, because m- movies like... It depends on what movie you're watching. Like some movies, like are made for a spectacle. Some movies are meant to be seen in theaters. That's why, like, even though you could watch Godzilla versus Kong in on HBO Max, and it probably did do good on HBO Max, it did good in the box office as well because there's people that are saying, "No, I don't want right. to watch that on HBO Max. I'm going to go to the theater and see it because it's a spectacle." Yeah. Same way for a movie like The Conjuring. But if you have, like, say, uh. A uh, uh, art house film or like a smaller film that you might say want to see or a film like a musical you know that's somewhere you like I don't need to go to the theater to see a musical I'm gonna just go watch this at the house if I'm you know I'm not gonna waste my time and money to go watch it at theaters you know what I'm saying so some movies are more fit for the theaters right like The Conjuring that's something that I feel like when I see horror or even um a quiet place like I want to see that on the biggest screen possible so like movies like that will do good in a box office so you're going to see movies that are coming out that's not you know the HBO Max and I'm not saying I don't know what the HBO Max numbers is but I'm just saying that I don't believe the theory of oh if it does good in the box office it's going to do good at HBO Max like no it's a difference between I think depending on the movie it's going to not the one ain't going to reflect the other well see that's the thing I think it is a correlation I think you're if you are like going to have low numbers on the box office you're probably also going to have low numbers on the hbo max because box office is really uh really going to be a gauge of like interest and so that's why i'm thinking is like i believe his quote and i believe that just in general interest and in the heights myself included is not there like it's, yeah i mean i, I literally could have watched it on hbo max the other day but i literally just decided not to because fuck listen like, like I, I agree with the fact that like i don't think hbo max is going to, is the reasoning for something bombing. Like okay. I'm not, I don't feel like if it, it bombed only because everybody watched it on HBO Max. <laughs> but I'm saying that the same way I don't think HBO Max affects the box office whether it does good. I don't think HBO affects anything. Like I don't think it affects it if it does good, but like does bad. I don't think it's only because people uh, don't want to watch it at all. Yeah. Like Like here's the thing with HBO Max. Like and this is what you know. I remember talking about this like when um. 
the the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League came out and uh, people were talking about the numbers. Yeah. Like when something's on the streaming service, like people don't just rush and watch it then. They might say, all right, I could watch it next week or I might watch it in a couple days or I got to do this, I got to do this. But it like it's it's not like how the theaters is. With theaters, you want to usually want to watch it, watch out and see it as quick as possible. Because they'll pull it, yeah. Right. Yeah. But like with, with uh, HBO Max, like it's been things with – Netflix with anything where I'm like, oh, I gotta see that. I'm one day I'm gonna see that, and I mark it off in my head, <laughs> and then maybe like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, I ain't seen that, and then I click it, right? So, you know, like I just don't agree with. I don't feel like you could compare HBO Max and the theaters, and I, I feel like they're just two different ways things that you There's got two different habits. Yeah, yeah, two different things to look at. But I don't. I think this movie bombed because they just did a dumb job marketing and releasing it at this time. Like, why would you release a movie like this? Like, they should. Either either release this during the Oscar season or release this like January type February where there's not a lot of movies and you know it might be the only thing to watch but I can't see a movie like this in the summer <laughs> just like oh man I gotta go see the the uh the you know musical I like that that just don't I, like to me it's just dumb marketing and dumb like it's yeah. people that don't like know West, about this West Side Story coming out in December by the way you right know what I mean? so. right you know what I mean so I don't know like I just think you can't just this just shows you can't just drop a movie wherever you want to drop it like release dates um, marketing all of this stuff matters you know what I mean and I don't think no one even knew about this movie it's a lot of people that didn't know about this movie and it's a lot of people that didn't care about this movie especially like think about it like this if you got the Conjuring in theaters you got a quiet place in theaters and you haven't been to the theaters yet are you gonna go see this over a quiet place in the Conjuring? Like that's an <laughs> uphill battle for this movie. Like no one's gonna say, "No, nah, I'm not gonna see the Conjuring. I'm not gonna see a quiet place. I'm gonna see this." Like I, I just felt like it was just a bad time at the box office. Okay, fair enough. I I can't I can't really disagree with you there. I I really do think that interest isn't exactly there. So I really am not surprised. I, I'm a little surprised because I follow marketing cycles and. I almost bought into the hype, by the way. Well, uh, see, because there's uh, two different hypes. It's hypes because something is good and the critics are saying it's yeah. good. But that doesn't mean everybody don't care what the critic Like, everybody yeah. ain't, like, going to variety and saying that, oh, man, the critics are saying it's good. I'm going to go see it. Like, yeah. nah, that's, that's really not yeah. really how that works. <clears throat> Jeremy Johns did give a favorable review, by the way, on this, oh, really? on this movie. And I, I, don't even watch, I don't even watch him. So I don't you don't watch him anymore? God no, damn, no, fuck. No. Yeah, so like every, I, everyone was saying nothing but positive stuff, and I was like really buying into it. And also, I used to like musicals, by the way. Like I watched Hairspray in theaters of all things. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I, I still like musicals, and yeah. I still want to see this. It's just it's not on my radar, like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know, like I I I may have impressions for that movie next week if I do get around to watching it on HBO Max because I'm probably not going to go to the theaters, even though. Again, having watched many a reviews for the movie, uh, it said that you, you you should watch it in theaters because it was shot when with spectacle in mind. By the way, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, we will have impressions for uh, something that does come out on new releases next week, and we'll I can prom I can promise you that. So uh, we'll go ahead and move on to extra news. There are eleven items on the list. Uh, number one. A Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell comedy series is coming to Apple TV+. Plus. Number two, the Good Place star Jamila Jamil has been cast as the villain for She-Hulk. Number three, a Ted prequel series is coming to Peacock from Seth MacFarlane. Number four, Aquaman 2 is now official officially titled 
Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. Number five, a new Netflix series by Mike Myers has been added. Oh, sorry. A new Netflix series by Mike Myers has added Keegan-Michael Key and Ken Jeong. Number six, Jurassic World Dominion preview is coming exclusively to IMAX showings of F9. Damn, that makes me want to watch that movie in IMAX now. Uh, Number seven, a Christine remake is coming from Blumhouse. Number eight. Now, this one hurts because we talked about... uh, uh, we talked about Jupiter's Legacy uh, like last week or something like that. I was like, Netflix has renewed Shadow and Bones for a second season. Those bastards renewed this show, but not <laughs> Jupiter's oh Legacy. They put up similar numbers, if I'm not mistaken. Number nine, Rob Zombie is directing a Monsters reboot. That does not drive well, in my opinion, but whatever. Number 10, Gerard Butler and Morena Abacarin are to reprise their roles in Greenland sequel. And finally, uh, I think we already covered this in the top news here, but it was his own headline. Number 11, A Quiet Place Part 2 is the first movie to surprise $100 million at the U.S. box office and pandemic times. So, yeah, Troy, go ahead and lead the way. What do you want to talk about? I mean, I, I like how the Aquaman 2 is uh, titled uh, The Lost Kingdom. That's just a badass title, and it kind of is a, a badass premise just based off the title because if you watch the first one, it was you like know the about seven the King seven kingdoms, kingdoms yeah. or whatever. So it's like whatever they're going to do, it's going to be like a, them exploring that lost or trying to find the Lost Kingdom. I think that's dope, you know, and it matches uh, that it matches them perfectly or whatever. So, um, and I, that's kind of odd. Um, Mike Myers is doing a sequel. Uh, a series on Netflix that's kind of um, I'm sure that's going to be funny but it's weird because I haven't heard of him in a long time <laughs> like since Austin Powers like you know so it's cool that he's kind of making a return and, and coming back uh, or whatever so uh, it's called the the Pentaveret okay like, yeah right so I'm, I'm, and he's going to be playing it says here it's a half hour series uh, and hold on let's see here Mike Myers will set to play seven characters himself yeah, see, so. I, I don't know. I'm I'm interested in seeing this. I think it's gonna be funny. I think Mike Myers, at his best, can be one of the funniest guys on the planet. It's just he fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, and uh, whatever. Um, and they got Key from uh, Key and Peel, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm excited about that. And Peacock, that name, I just hate <laughs> the name Peacock. Like the fact that I hate the name Peacock so much, it's like it almost make me not want to check out their new stuff on Peacock because it's like. Why would y'all name it Peacock? Like, out of <laughs> everything. But anyway, a Ted uh, prequel series, I think it, it sounds like it's just a reach for content. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, what the fuck? Like, a prequel of a, a teddy bear? Like, I don't know. But I like the Ted movie. So, it, that's the, it, I'm kind of conflicted in that. But it just sounds like a cash grab dumb idea. But who knows? You know, it might can work, you know. So, yeah, those are the few that stood out to me. Yeah, so it doesn't. I'm looking at the article itself here from the about the about the uh, announcement that the prequel series is coming. This article does not give us any time frame about when this movie or when this show uh, could even drop. So we don't have a timeline on that. We'll uh, keep you guys updated when we know more or when it's announced. Yeah. But um, this article sort of just gives you like a little history lesson about how much movie the how much money the movie's made and all this other stuff. And Seth MacFarlane, he's like the creator of Family Guy and he also created Ted and Seth MacFarlane, the creator behind and the director behind the Ted movies, he's 
coming back to write and star in the in the prequel stuff. So I wonder who they're gonna get to play like a young Mark Wahlberg. By yeah, the way, man, I just don't like this idea, man. Because it's like you gotta bring in a a younger Mark Wahlberg, someone I mean, to play, play a young, young Mark Wahlberg. Ten, uh, uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. <laughs> Bro, no, no, I'm sorry. Bro, I, I, I couldn't. I shouldn't have hey, done that. If they do that, I think they should do it just for fucking comedy purposes. That'll crack me up. Bro, I swear. You know, actually, to tell you the truth, I actually kind of want them to do this thing where, like, because at the very beginning of Ted, he, uh, they, they find each other and like, you know, hug and shit before they flash forward. Yeah. When he's like an eight year old little boy. Yeah. And so I almost kind of want them to do the adventures of them. Uh, growing up as a growing kid, up, yeah. or maybe like twelve year old, so yeah. you can do like twelve year old where he's still like a little teddy bear, yeah. but he also he starts get developing his foul mouth yeah. and his raunchy comedy kind of stuff. Because yeah. it's because you're like you know like the Good Boys, you know mm. like that movie, yeah. kind of like that. You know, I wonder if like you could do the Ted series before they met, like. Or whatever, because they hug, but it's like no, because like Ted was created because he wished upon a star, right? Oh yeah, that's right. And that's then like right. that's how he, he got up that. and woke yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. And they're right. like, oh my god, you're my best friend, and they, yeah, hug, they hug, and then they flash forward, and he's Mark Wahlberg. And he's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. so it so, could be in that between time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. So uh, I I kind of want to see. I I kind of like the idea of like exploring that maybe because yeah uh, they could talk be, talk about like one day like man if you get a girlfriend like, <laughs> try to bring that up or something that should be funny yeah so okay you know what i'll warm up to it i just don't want never warm up to peacock though. oh my god peacock <laughs> almost make me lose the, the excitement that we built for ourselves <laughs> Shit. change that name y'all please <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, there. Okay, yeah. I will say it again. Uh, I'm probably gonna watch. I am uh, F9 and IMAX. Just throwing that out that there. That makes me feel like they really are serious about this Jurassic World and uh, Fast Nine merger. <laughs> like, this makes me feel like they really nah, talking about just, doing this whack ass shit, man. It's just I, Universal trying to oh like, God, please no, make money that please way. Please don't do this crossover, y'all. But this is the kind of stuff that make me feel like, <laughs> like Jurassic World and Fast Nine. What they got. <laughs> to do with each other like you know it's just universal and i think also this preview is this this trailer is coming like a year early if i was reading it correctly it's like they weren't even they weren't even intending to release this preview anytime soon they're only doing it because of you know fast nine and also like if i'm understanding it correctly like there's no point if you're gonna release it i only put this trailer only on imax showings Mm -hmm. because this trailer is going to show up online anyways you know yeah yeah like i don't I, I I don't know. I think they might try to build buzz for it, but I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, freaking Shadow and Bone, man. I still haven't even watched Shadow and Bone, man. I actually watched Jupiter's Legacy. That's fucked up, man. And also, <laughs> I just want to throw this out there. Um, you got, First off, Greenland. Uh, you can watch a Greenland on HBO Max right now. So I actually watched the trailer for that, and I actually kind of want to watch that movie. So it's good that they're doing a Greenland sequel. I guess it made enough money in the iTunes and stuff. You know, it's been on the charts for a while. Um so it's got that going on, and also just Rob Zombie though. Like Monsters is like a, it's like a like a little kid show kind of like in the Adams family kind of, like you know what I mean. Like it doesn't seem like you're gonna be doing unless Rob Zombie is gonna go in there and do the Rob Zombie thing, which would seem like a terrible match. Like yeah, in my it opinion, don't fit. like I, I don't know, I don't see how this fits. I don't really think that's a good idea. But it's so early that I have no clue. Like, he might rob zombie it, you know? Yeah, and I don't know just, if I want him to do, like, a house of a thousand corpses with this this shit. Like, it, yeah. I just can't. I don't want to do that. I don't. And I think it's not but a one good thing. One thing I don't like about Rob Zombie is he's so, like, 
gruesome. No, uh, it's like he can't be other than himself. Like, I, I, what what the word I'm looking for? Like, he's just he's so predictable. It's one like note. he's one note. Yeah. yeah, he's not. There's nothing new to none of the shit he does. It's like. It's almost like he makes a bunch of sequels to his own movies or something. Yeah, like, like we did with Halloween and shit. You right, know what I mean? yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I'm just not, not excited for Rob Zombie movies. Not because I don't think they're going to be good or nothing, but because it's just going to be repetitive, in my opinion. His film is going to feel... Just be gory for the sake of being gory. The, yeah, yeah, over and over again. So. Yeah, like, like I said, I don't mind a Rob Zombie movie, especially if it's like an, like its own in a new IP kind of stuff. But when he's doing other people's yeah. IP, like Halloween and now yeah. with Monsters, like yeah. I'm just... He got a fuse. I'm just in. not. Yeah. yeah, he's just gonna rob zombie it, and I don't want them to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like monsters. It's got like the like the that it's got that like upbeat tempo like mm-hmm. uh, theme song like kind of like Agatha all along kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them to do like this sort of thing where yeah. it's like now it sounds like Slipknot dun, or something. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what Rob Zombie fucking do. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for extra news. I don't really, none of this other stuff catches my eye other than like you know Netflix being on their shit or whatever. But whatever. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to check this out. Check this out. So for check this out, we have a shit ton of trailers. But before we get to the trailers, we're going to actually talk about some set photos. Uh, Indiana Jones 5 set photos have appeared on Twitter. Uh, they tease a de-aged, uh, a de-aged Harrison Ford. So we're just going to look at these, uh, these cast photos and tell me what you, what you think of uh, when you see uh, these photos and stuff like that. Is there anything that like, catches your eye as far as like, okay, this looks interesting or, well, I or think, no? Well, one of the things I like, like it feels like Indiana Jones. Like, I mean, I want to say it feels like Indiana Jones based off a picture, but it looks like they're doing the character justice. Like, he's wearing stuff that Indiana Jones will wear. I feel like his clothes are a bit baggy, so I wonder if they're going to do something with CGI or if, like, he's uh, uh, dealing with... And is he is he a bum now? I don't know <laughs> what they got going on, but I, I like... I mean, there's not much from these photos. It's not like you're going to see this and be like, oh, my God, I'm so happy now, but I don't know. It's like I see them, I feel like they're going to get it right. And, I mean, the director, James Mangold, is a special director. So, mm. for him to, you know, re- replace Spielberg, I think they chose probably the best person to possibly do it. So, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. Like, when I see when I, I, when I I see Indiana Jones this old, man, I just, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't well, really I, say I'm excited, you know I, what I mean? I would agree with you if I didn't see him in Star Wars Force Awakens because... And you know he was so Han Solo in that, yeah. And he it, it didn't feel like he lost a step. You know when I watched him in The Force Awakens, he he felt like Han Solo to me. Like he didn't feel like an old guy trying to pretend like he's Han Solo. No, he felt like an older Han Solo. So because of that. That what makes me feel like okay, you know, I feel like he can. He's not still gonna. He's not gonna just like phone it in. in. Yeah. yeah, I think he can still be, you know, pull it off. And I was just surprised on how in shape he was for the Force Awakens. I mean, it's running scenes in that. It scenes where he's having to run in the Force Awakens and <laughs> yeah. things like that. I mean, the dude is extremely old. So, and uh, I, I don't know. I think he can pull it off. And Sam Jackson, man, he's been doing it for years. <laughs> like people forget how old Sam Jackson is. Like, yeah, but black don't crack though. Yeah, so. black don't crack. I understand. 
understand that, but you know, I just feel like I, you know, with the direction of James Mangold and seeing Harrison Ford do this in The Force Awakens, and he did it in uh, the uh, he, uh, Blade, uh, what's the Blade? Blade Runner twenty forty seven. Yes, he was in twenty seventy seven or something. Like that? Yeah, he did Blade Runner. He was great in that. So I feel like. He he can do these reboots. I mean, these re these sequels, the yeah. sequels. Yeah, I think he's good. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, so we have a shit ton of trailers, and some of these I actually want to talk about because they actually they got my attention, man. They actually like make me excited for it. Uh, the first trailer, actually, though, not so much. I'm actually do feel very. It feels very cash grabby, um, and also I actually thought it was a fan trailer when the first time I saw it. By the way, uh, Monsters at Work is gonna be a. Uh, uh, a series, a, a Disney Plus original series uh, from the characters of Monsters, Inc. And it's going to actually brought back Billy Crystal and John, and John Goodman to reprise their roles. And so, yeah, it's basically just mo- the monsters like working at the, the factory, just trying to harvest laughs now. So um, it doesn't it's kind of like a sequel because we got Monsters University, which is the prequel. So we never actually got to see what happened after after the end of Monsters, Inc., but this show doesn't feel like something I want to really. Well, yeah, something, it's not something I wanted. Mm. I'll put it to you that way. So, have you actually seen this trailer? And what are your thoughts? Nah, I haven't seen it, or I didn't even hear about it. So, like, it's it's, it's new news to me. I mean, I I could see that. I like the animation. Yeah, it's at least it's on point. Yeah, yeah. The animation's on point. But these movies like this, I feel like you gotta kind of see because. You know, they can, after a long period of time, you could either, they still can have it, just like how the Incredibles were. Like, yeah. they waited years, and it was like, uh, do we still even want Incredibles 2? I mean, it's been years, and then they knock it out the park, and you love it. Or like Finding Dory, where it's like, they did Finding Nemo years later, they did Finding Dory, and they liked it. Now, this ain't nowhere near on the level of those movies in terms of popularity, but... You know, who knows if they got some, you know, that they did and they're going to like the series, the series. So I don't know, but I don't really give a damn. Yeah, at least we don't have to wait long. It's a series that's going to be streaming starting July 7th. So uh, basically, there's only a month away. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, well, that's that one. Um, of course, the links to the set images, as well as every trailer we're about to talk about, is going to be in the show notes like usual. The next one, and now this one actually got my, like, you know, got me like, oh my God, I'm actually excited. I never heard of this movie. I never heard of these actors. But all of a sudden, when I watched this trailer, I was like, sign me up. You know what I mean? Like, I was really about this premise. See, like, boom, he just, this this trailer is about, uh, this movie is about uh, uh, these two kids that get kidnapped, like straight up, like kidnapped or whatever. And I'm like, it gets intense because in the trailer, like the black kid, he actually manages to escape. But he got kidnapped with his friend, and he can hear his friend inside the house like, help me, help me. And he has to go back into the house that he's escaping from to go save his friend. And I'm like, that's a real one right there, man. But it gets it gets tense and stuff because there's somebody in that house, and he's trying to hide from him and stuff like that. I'm like, damn. Yeah. So... Uh- I'm I'm excited. Let me look at this. Uh, this usually like usually like the description of these YouTube videos. You give me like a release date, you know, something like that, or if it's gonna come to st- like uh, streaming. But it doesn't. It just gives me the synopsis, yeah. which kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested in this. Uh, Troy, having having heard like the little summary of like what it's about, seeing this trailer sort of like in a silent movie kind of thing. This 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 seems fantastic. It it seems absolutely amazing, and and the reason why. 
I love these stories that's so original, that feels so like like having kids kind of being the lead character in a horror suspense yeah. type oh, movie. Yeah. To me, that's straight up genius. And it, it's it's almost like don't breathe in yeah. a sense, whereas like that concept of someone, you know, that, that concept was such a unique concept. Uh, or a quiet place. Uh, this just falls in line with these movies that are coming out that are horror movies that are like have unique concepts. Like the idea, like if someone was pitching it, like, hey, two kids get kidnapped and now you know they don't know where they are. We don't. The the viewers never see, and maybe until the end, who the guy is that's kidnapped them. One of them escapes, and then he got to come back to save his friend. Bam! That concept alone, I'm like, oh shit. So it's just it seems fantastic. Fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, the name of the movie is called The Boy Behind the Door. And also, by the way, um, I think they might have given a spoiler away in the trailer, by the way. Like, I really do think that they might be, there might be a twist. And I don't know if I'm reading into it, just having watched the trailer, but I hope I'm not right on that one because I feel like they should have never even alluded to it at all in the well, trailer. Well, see, I, it's crazy because I don't know what you're talking about, but like right before you said that, I was just about to say this movie seems like it's all a setup for a twist. Like yeah. I don't know what it is, but yeah. like this is this movie is made for like this type of movie is made for it being a twist. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. so like it's funny how right when you said that, like you said that right before I was about to say that. And so, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's either the twist is gonna be obvious from the trailer, or like it's gonna be a twist on top, or like they're gonna make you think it's a twist, yeah. something that's a twist, and it's something else. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to watch the trailer, go ahead at your own leisure and stuff. But I would say just go off the premise because like I was already like buying. Like I was like, Fuck. like after like the first thirty seconds of the trailer and how like when he's running out that door and he hears his friend and he's like fuck and he has to go back in there. Right. I was like, all right, all right, I'm 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 sold. Like yeah, that's it was great idea. I'm so because they yeah you know they never they never really put kids in danger yeah. in these movies and stuff yeah, like that. Scared it's always you got to be a minimum teenager. Teenager, yeah. Minimum, yeah. if not adults and stuff yeah. like that. So, anyways, uh, the next one is actually going to be a Netflix trilogy of movies. It's called R. L. Stein's Fear Street. And so, get this: uh, there's three different movies, and they're all set three uh, three different years apart. So it starts off on July 2nd, which is part one, which is 1994. Then Fear Street Part 2, which is 1978, comes out seven days later on July 9th. And finally, Fear Street Part 3, 1666, premieres on July 16th. And basically, it's like a, a series of films that are all in the same universe. And they all, they're all telling the same story of like this, this dark entity that's hunting and killing uh, these teenagers. Um, and yeah, and it's, 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 inter it's very interesting. I actually watched a trailer and uh, it's actually a trailer of all three movies, by the way. So, um, and it's crazy that the, uh, this like this, this entity doesn't seem to die. And I find it, um, interesting that they're telling the story like part one uh, to part three in, in opposite than chronological order, because I figured you would start with 1666 first as part one and then end on 1994 or whatever the year was or 19, yeah, 1994 as part three. So obviously there's some kind of story that they're like telling where like, you're going to get to the original root cause of what started this evil, uh, you know, uh, empire part three, but Hopefully, uh, this this these movies seem pretty interesting. They seem to be promising a lot of death and carnage. So I kind of like the idea that they're doing like 
Like, it's almost like they're doing a shared universe. Like, it's almost <laughs> like they're doing their own shared universe because they're not sequels, basically. And I'm assuming they're going to have different characters yeah. in each movie. So, it's like they're doing a shared universe just kind of uh, launching back-to-back from each other. It's a very unique idea. and Making uh, three movies at the same time and yeah. premiering them at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and I feel like only Netflix can do some shit like this, too. <laughs> like, ain't no studio going to pay for three different movies and then, like... Like hoping that they all make money or some shit. Like that's you know that's only some Netflix type of shit. But uh, I can't say they're good. But I like the idea though. Like yeah. So yeah, it's it's got my interest after watching the trailer. I was like interested in to see what what they're gonna do with it. So at least part one, which is set in the '90s, has like the interesting cast because one of them is from Stranger Things. Um, but like the like yeah, as far as like the the more modern moderny looking one, it's actually like very interesting. And the other ones not so much. But we'll see. I'll probably watch them. We'll, uh, I'll probably have impressions for you guys uh, in July when these movies drop. So yeah, those were the, t- the trailers that actually got me interested. And then one of these trailers got Troy interested, but we're just going to sort of run through the rest of them really quick. There is a brand new Space Jam, new Legacy trailer. This did nothing for me. It's so basic and like not really like... It hasn't really got my gears turning. So yeah, whatever. It looks bad. It, <laughs> it looks bad. Like I'm talking about in terms of not the visuals. I'm talking about just in terms of the movie. It looks bad, like a bad film. Yeah, it uh, does. the dialogue sucks. The humor's not like it's a uh, moment where he's like, "Oh, I'm short like Kevin Hart." And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh God, it's cringy. So I don't know. I don't want to hate on this movie, uh, but it just to me doesn't look appealing so far. Yeah, it we'll doesn't. See. Yeah. Um, also, actually, not on the dock here. I'm gonna just—I see it on the side of my uh, my my thing. I completely forgot. But there's a Masters of the Universe uh, revelation. Uh, it's a Netflix. It's a Netflix reboot of Masters of the Universe, like He Man, and they got Skeletor Brack, and these animation looks badass. And I'm like, damn. Man, I miss this animation so much, man, because it's like all animation is going towards like the. CGI kind of look like the uh, CGI animation, mm-hmm. but like I miss like the animation animation, like <laughs> where it looks badass, you know. Uh, so I just they uh, HDified my memories of this show, by the way. Yeah, yeah for real, it like just looks just fire, man. I look well drawn, just it looks good. Yeah. So by the way, uh, I saw like a thing on Twitter. He's like, "Oh, he's gay." Like you know, I was like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> like spoilers, he's gay. And I'm like, "No, fuck you." <laughs> so yeah, I'll go ahead and throw that on the on the show notes as well because I completely forgot about this trailer. So uh, I liked it though. The, also, by the way, '80s music on the trailer. By the way, so that's cool. Good, 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 good song choice. Uh, next up is Diana Gunfight. Um, don't really have much to say on about it. It's. Uh, doesn't really seem to be starring anyone of any note. It's just the, the synopsis reads, a man and his old flame cross paths with an assortment of schemers and killers. So nothing like to, uh, nothing that caught, that caught my attention, whatever. Uh, next up is Great White, which is a movie about a great white shark that attacks uh, people in the open water. Uh, so these guys, these uh, group of people all were on like a plane. And uh, when, they were, when they were sort of like flying uh, on this one of these water planes and you can land on the water, uh, this, uh, this, this shark attacks the, the plane while it's landed in the water and then they, their plane sinks and now they're on these lifeboats and now they're being circled around by sharks. 
Yeah, so. that, that looks terrible. It looks, <laughs> it looks kind of generic. Like, we've seen premise. this movie before, right? Yeah, and it's like sharks don't. And that's one thing I don't like about shark movies. Sharks don't behave that way. Like they don't. Oh, look, there's a plane. Let me go attack it and then surround them. They treat the sharks like they're humans. Like, like I love how Jaws wasn't like that. Like Jaws was not like that. But every other shark is movies are like that. They treat the sharks like they just intelligent humans that's hunting them, hunting uh, yeah. them. Like what the hell? <laughs> So, here you go. Shark movie. There we go. Uh, next up is um, Midnight in the Switchgrass. This had, this one is only interesting in the sense that it, the, the stars are in it. Like, there's three movie stars in this bitch. There's Bruce Willis, Megan Fox, and Emile Hirsch. And it seems to me like the movie is centered around Megan Fox's character. And Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, that's Machine Gun Kelly? I think so, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, okay. So, there you go. A movie is like a gen, one of those generic action movies where it's like, she's like this... Like, uh, I don't know. She seems to be playing like a uh, somebody who's like an informant or something like that. Or like a badass for like the FBI or, or whatever. I don't know. Something undercover, deep uh, deep cover shit. Uh, let me actually read this, uh, this uh, synopsis here. An FBI agent and Florida state officer team up to investigate a string of unsolved murder cases. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm only interested because of the cast. And also, it's nice to see that Megan Fox is acting and stuff, so. Again. <laughs> uh, next up is Free Guy. Don't have much to say about this. It's another Ryan Reynolds movie. It's like, I've seen this trailer so many times. It's a new trailer, but it's like they're cutting the same footage over and over and over again because yeah. of all the delays. Yeah. So, we've, uh, I'm, I'm already uh, interested in the movie. It comes out in August. So, there you go. And next up is the one that uh, Troy is actually kind of excited about. It's a yeah. Fox. Well, no. They got rid of Fox. It's just the searchlight pictures. Yeah. That's the crazy ass logo right there. Searchlight pictures. Damn. So Andrew Garfield is doing the damn thing. Uh, he's acting, and it comes out in September. Uh, Troy, what is that? I, I think this movie is gonna be one of them huge Oscar contenders. Like, yes. I think I'm talking from the direction. Like, I'm looking at some of the. I'm looking at like the way the film is shaped and the way the film is edited. You know, I'm looking at the costume, the, the, the costumes, yeah. the bright colors, the editing. I, like, I could tell. Like, the movie is well made. At least I don't know if it's gonna be a good movie, but just based off what I'm seeing in the framing of it, like it's 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 really good. The acting. Is Andrew oh my Garfield. god! I could already see that it's gonna be Oscar contenders. Andrew like, Garfield better be nominated. And, and Jessica Chastain looks fantastic too. You yeah. know what I mean? So this is this. I mean, in terms of on my radar, like it's early in the year. This is one of my top ones on my radar. Like, and Andrew Garfield is always great. You know, he's you know he's one of the top actors, and I've been kind of disappointed because I haven't. He's not been in a lot of stuff lately. Like I'm like, where the hell is Andrew Garfield? You know, but uh, he's one of the top actors. So to see him back, and he's really good at picking good movies too. So you know he's not one of these actors that be in bad movies. Other than Spider Man, he's been able to pick really good films. So. There's a bunch of actors like Johnny Depp or Daniel Day Lewis, whenever they disappear into the role, where you can't tell it's them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like there's some shades, especially in certain scenes, because I, this movie takes place over so many years. Yeah. So there's scenes in this movie where you can't. He sort of like disappears because yeah. like they gray his hair out and everything like that. And it's yeah. like you don't even, you can't even recognize him. Yeah, yeah. Andrew so. Garfield, man, he's he's a top top actor. So yeah, I'm excited. All right, so the and the the final trailer to round it out for for check this out is called uh, Ron's Gone Wrong. Ron, I guess, is the name of the robot. Uh, so basically, it's a kids, it's an animated kid movie. Uh, it's a CGI animated movie that says the synopsis read: A boy befriends a malfun- malfunctioning robot, 
and the movie comes out in October. So basically, it's kind of like this this thing where like every uh, there, there's like this I don't know this pet robot that you can buy, and all the kids are like basically it's kind of like the new iPhone kind of thing where all the kids have one, and so you can have your own personal little like badass best friend kind of thing, right? And so uh, this kid, he finally, he gets his own little B-Bot, that is what they call him, for his birthday or whatever. And next thing you know, instead of him getting another best friend like all the other kids have, his breaks down. Like immediately after like opening it, it just breaks. And it's kind of like dumb and can't do shit, can't follow orders. And so that yeah, that's what the movie's about is just him being a friend with a... With a shitty ass robot, you know that's glitching out all the goddamn time. Well, at least I'm glad that they didn't go with like the robots evil or like something <laughs> like that. I was like, oh my god, what is this Chucky? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is interesting. It's uh, I, it's, it's supposed to be funny, I guess. I don't know, but I just it kind of it's well the the Mitchells versus the Machines does the evil robot thing already, but this one is kind of like oh, just dumb, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. I'm not even entirely interested. If it comes out straight to like a like a HBO Max or a Disney, which is not, I don't even know who made this. But if it comes straight to a streaming service, I'll probably watch it just because. I don't think I'm going to go watch it in theaters, though, for it. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, that rounds out. Check this out here. There's a lot of trailers. I'm I'm all for the, the boy behind the door. If whenever uh, it hits new releases, I'll be sure to shout it out. Um, well, hopefully, maybe there'll be a second trailer for it as well. Yeah. With an actual release date that I can tell you about. Really? All right. We'll go ahead and uh, kick things off with a topic of the show. It's time for topic of the show. So, Troy, we have not had topic of the show in two weeks. In the past two episodes, we didn't even do one. So now it's it's about time to bring it back here. And I wanted to talk about Movie Pass, and I wanted to ask you, like, first off, have you heard of Movie Pass? Yeah. Uh, did you think it was a scam? You know, nah. What did you did you ever get it? I mean, Movie Pass was always a fantastic idea. I mean, I I mean, I never had Movie Pass because I didn't go to like I used to go to so many different theaters, mm-hmm. and so like I essentially be wasting my money because I didn't go to one type of theater you know i'd be going to all different theater chains well that's what movie pass was for, it oh, pays really? for i thought it was just for amc no oh really oh uh, amc does a list oh okay i was thinking of a list oh yeah but um no nah, i never did movie pass but uh i like i just remember it being a good deal for everybody but i i didn't know you know all that right. they was on some scamming shit so we'll, we'll get into that here uh a little, little later here but we're gonna go ahead and first catch all the viewers and troy up to speed about what what movie pass is so movie pass is a subscription where you pay movie pass the company ten dollars a month and you can watch any movie uh you can watch one movie per day like as many t- movies you want to watch yeah seven days a week and i always remember real quick i always remember how the hell y- uh, did y'all get like i don't remember how the hell are y'all making money off someone being able to watch some shit as much as they want every i mean at least once a day you know yeah. like how y'all and they only get paid ten dollars yes that's like me that's like me literally sell, saying hey you could go to a drive-thru and buy any drink you want at least once a day it's like how am i gonna profit off of that like and i'm only charging you five dollars like <laughs> like you get a drink every day but i'm only gonna charge you five dollars how can i profit i would thought there's some scamming shit going on here. yeah we're gonna get into that here uh, in a bit here so we're not quite there yet because we're just setting up the table right now so movie pass uh they wanted to uh have a business model where they um they wanted to like be 
uh, bought in bulk, right? They wanted as many subscribers as possible. So that way, if you're making like cash flow wise, you're making like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff like that. You're hoping not to be spending more than that than, you know, to pay for all these tickets and stuff like that. So like in theory, like let's say you watch one movie per weekend. Every movie, every weekend you watch one movie. That's four weekends in a, mo- in a month. That's four movies. So you're, you're basically paying... Uh, uh, $10 to MoviePass and MoviePass is paying the theaters that you're going to $40. So that is a losing business model. And they wanted a situation where people buy, you know, people subscribe to Netflix and don't watch stuff on Netflix. Yeah. They wanted to see, they wanted to get enough sa- penetration and mo- enough uh, saturation where enough people are out there are subsidizing the cost and they would come out ahead. Yeah. They were hoping that people wouldn't be taking they advantage. Wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't be buffet style eating every fucking movie that comes out. Yeah. And so that's what happened is that people were buffet eating and there were no people that were not buying into it and not using it. There was no one out there that did that. And so they also wanted to subsidize their, 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 um, their pricing is they wanted to go straight to the movie theaters and say, Hey, look how much business we're bringing you. Look how much, uh, uh, your attendance has gone up because of us. Uh, We want where they wanted uh, to get a cut from concession sales from the theaters and give us a cut because we sent you business. So they wanted to do that as a second thing. That's a second source of income. And the third source of income is they wanted to get into like analytics and shit like that. They wanted to get into like this thing where it's like, we have your name, we have your date of birth, we have all the movies you've watched in our service, you know, uh, we know what movies you like, your genres and what you're interested in. We want to sell your data, like kind of like Google. You know how like Google gets, collects your data? They wanted to do this thing where like, we have data on you, so now let's use it. Let's advertise and shit like that and whatever. Um, they were trying to do this thing where they're like, they're trying to be like a tech company, but they kind of suck at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, so that was their business model. And so I kind of wanted you to like, you know, I guess, uh, what do you think of like, how do you, how do you think that that might work in the abstract? Do you feel like I mean, that could work? I mean, that's a dumb idea because like when something is such a good idea, the concept of the idea almost make you want to buy something like if just say I got some kind of pass where I could get free candy, like even if I'm not a big candy eater, the fact that I have this pass that allowed me to get candy is going to make me automatically say like, oh, I'm gonna, let me go get candy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you abuse what you have just because you have it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So they, they idea was the opposite. Like, oh, a lot of people have Netflix, but they don't watch Netflix. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's so stupid. Like that's, that's ridiculous because... <laughs> When someone has something where it's like a it's like an extra day that they can enjoy something, and it's an unbelievable idea, like unbelievable deal, not like a okay deal, a ridiculously good deal. Like people are gonna abuse that and use that over and over again. So they idea if that were what they were thinking, like man, we hoping that these people just watch a couple movies and forget they have it. Like no, that was just a, that's really ridiculous. It was Plus, stupid. with streaming something on Netflix, that's not like necessarily a finite source, right? Like uh, Netflix is like going to the theaters. There's so many seats. There's buying right, them at right. Head. I Like I always yeah. say, like going to uh, to the theaters ain't a. Uh, 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 a chore. It's not something extra. It's something you choose to do. Like it's a, it's a, like it's one of the reasons why theaters can charge so much for their snacks because they're like, look, you're coming here to see, see this. This is why the snacks are so expensive, or whatever. So like to have that deal, that's gonna make me at least like for my like me, I'm like, hey, oh, I got this. I'm definitely going to the theaters. You know, even if it's movies I don't want to see. Like, <laughs> 
I'm going to go see it. Like, so, yeah, they were dumb. So, MoviePass, uh, the way it works is uh, they gave you a debit card with your name on it, right? So, what happens is when you're at the movie theater, when you're at the box office or you're at the, the automated machine, uh, you use that debit card to pay for the movie. Yeah. That's how they that's how they track your, your stuff. Yeah. So, you can only use that debit card only to buy movie tickets, you know? So, um, now... We're gonna go ahead and move on to just before we get onto the to the to the scam stuff. Um, we're gonna go to Mitch Lowe's website. Mitch Lowe is the uh, it says here on his uh, on his thing he was the CEO of uh, of Movie Pass here. So he says straight up, as soon as you go to Mitch Lowe's website, the the very first thing you're greeted with it says co-founding executive of Netflix, which he was. He was also the CEO of MoviePass and former president of Redbox. Oh, he's wow. making him sound like a big deal. Like Damn. he's he's a big boss dog. He's an industry player. He can shake things up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he says CEO of MoviePass, like he's proud of it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? He said that, like I mean, because being a co-founder uh, or being the, being involved with Redbox and Netflix, that's a big deal. Yeah. But I cut that uh, movie pass out of from yeah. my shit. Like, yeah. Take that out of the bio. That's why is embarrassing? Why bro. is he leaving that in his bio? He's he's leaving that in his bio. He put that in his bio like it's a W. Yeah, that's that's dumb. You know what I mean? Uh, so we're gonna get into that here in a second. Why it's an L? But I'm just sort of setting up the table, right? I'm setting up the groundwork because we have this is such a big story that I couldn't just put it in top news. So. Uh, yeah, he said the former CEO of MoviePass, formerly Mitch, served as president of Redbox. Yeah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, we're going to go to Ted Farnsworth, uh, his LinkedIn profile. Now, Ted Farnsworth, he was the chairman of MoviePass. And it says here, Ted is a financier, an entrepreneur, and consume it, con- hmm, consume it? Don't know how to pronounce that. And consume it disruptor, you know. You know, people like, like MoviePass was supposed to be a disruptor of like the movie theater, movie going model. As chairman of MoviePass, he stood the entertainment industry on its ear as the creator of a groundbreaking theater subscription model, now imitated by many. He is known in the trades as an innovator who changed the movie industry forever. As a movie maker, he worked with some of the biggest names in show business, most recently including Al Pacino, Sylvester Stallone, John Travolta, and Bruce Willis. His feature, his feature-length film executive producers include Axis Sally, Ten Minutes Gone, Escape Plan, The Extractors, The Row, Gotti. Why the fuck are you putting Gotti on your fucking bio? That's an L. That's an L. Bro. Uh, so, anyways, I'm gonna stop the um, the the bio there. I'm just sort of like giving you setup here because Ted Far- Farnsworth is also one of the. Uh, he was like basically the chairman of MoviePass, and yeah. he's you know he was personally involved with Gotti, you know, making that movie happen with with, with John Travolta, and so he's acting like, oh my God, it's a W, you know what I mean? Jeez. So yeah, just wanted to put it out there, you know, like these guys, you know, clearly don't know how to read the room here. Uh, so now we're on to the big stuff here. So this comes from Mashable.com, and it says here that MoviePass actively try to stop users from seeing movies the federal trade commission alleges so there's a a, a ftc federal trade commission the ftc uh, basically put out a complaint on movie pass earlier like i think last week or this week basically it was kind of recently uh and they just sort of they sort of took them to task and talked about what mitch lowe and what ted farnsworth personally did and oversaw and the shady shit that they did and how bad it was because we knew it was bad we actually kind of uh, people a lot of a lot of people knew when they went under that it was corrupt. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how corrupt. Yeah. So we're gonna get into it. 
uh, like a third act reveal, uh, we should all have seen coming. It turns out that MoviePass was even more of a villain than we thought. The movie ticket subscription service, which promised customers the ability to see a film in theaters uh, per day for $9.95 a month, for $10 a month is really, um, officially shuttered for good in 2019. However, according to the FTC complaint released on Monday, the company actively worked to prevent its customers from seeing movies in theaters. MoviePass allegedly did this in three calculated and rather hilariously screwed up ways. First, according to the FTC um, announcing the complaint, MoviePass invalidated users' passwords and claimed falsely that it had detected fraud related to their accounts. And we're talking about a lot of customers. According to the complaint, MoviePass did this to 75,000 users, many of whom were locked out of their account as MoviePass's password reset process often failed. The FTC notes that MoviePass then... Uh, MoviePass's then CEO Mitch Lowe, alongside with the CEO of MoviePass's parent company, quote, knew of, ordered, or helped execute the password disruption program. So we're gonna stop right there before we pick up because there's so much. We're, we're just barely like scratching the surface here. There's more to go, but I just want to say this: I personally had MoviePass from like 2018 to 2019 to the day it shuttered. I never personally had experienced uh, the password lockout thing or any, or any kind of like thing where like they're preventing me from using it. I was one of the heavy users and I cost them a lot of money. Uh, I think part of the reason why I didn't is because I actually did this thing where I didn't pay the monthly $10 a thing. I bought it when you had to pay for a whole year. Oh, yeah, I had yeah. to buy a 12 month subscription yeah, for yeah, at the yeah. hundred and something dollars. Yeah. And I ended up like making that money back and then some, you know, yeah, for like after, for like three months. Yeah, for seeing out of movies, yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, so what, what kind of what kind of issue is this, man? What are your thoughts? Well, you know, uh, it's crazy because just off of this, just one, just, just yeah, one just, thing, <laughs> this could be a movie about movie, <laughs> like real talk. Like this is like some Wolf of Wall Street shit. Like this is terrible, you know. But it's like, and it's not surprising because. I think the idea was so stupid and so bad. Like, I think immediately they were seeing how they're going to lose a shit ton of money. And they kind of had to come up with ideas to try to block you out. Yeah, stop some of this money. Like, stop from losing everything. Yeah, stop the bleeding, basically. And I think that's what was going on here with that situation. And (laughs) and it would make sense that not all everyone in the world, because I think it'll be too obvious if, like, everyone that has movie shut pass, shut, yeah, yeah, they'll do that. So, I, they'll probably do, like, the 75,000. top, your top ones. Right, right yeah. yeah, and lock, lock them out so it, try, so it wouldn't be so obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy, man. Is The rabbit hole only gets worse here. So, the FTC notes that the, uh, let's see, okay, all right. What did, that, was, that was the first one. Second, MoviePass alleged, uh, allegedly launched a, quote, ticket verification program that didn't work correctly, and as a result, blocked thousands of subscribers from using the service. Now, I remember this because uh, when I first got MoviePass, I just bought the ticket, boom, just bam. Later on, we had to use the app, the MoviePass app, uh, give them access to our camera, and then use the thing where the app where you could take a picture of your ticket stub through the MoviePass app to submit it for verification. Yeah. 
So I never had any issues with the verification process. I always just took a picture of my ticket stub the moment. So what the moment it got printed. Like it, what did it mean? It didn't verify. Like what did they mean? So the moment it got printed, you're supposed to take a picture of your ticket and to verify that you used your your movie pass uh, debit card to to buy the ticket. Yeah. And so what happens is is they're saying that that process didn't work and people weren't approving them, so it locks the debit card and it locks you from using it. Oh yeah, that's crazy, man. Like. So like who? But I'm saying who wasn't approving it? The theaters? Like I'm trying to say movie pass. To, movie pass. Oh, so movie pass wasn't uh, approving them trying to buy the ticket. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Saying. Like, yes. So movie pass was essentially disabling the debit cards that they sent to their customers to use for movie tickets. Yeah, but see, I don't understand. How do they think they could get away with that? Because <laughs> that's no different from like me buying Netflix and them saying Netflix is just not working. You know what I mean? Like how? Like what the fuck are y'all thinking, bro? Like that's crazy. Yeah. So that's the. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on. It says here. Um, let's. Oh damn! This this stupid article. All right. Perhaps most outrageously, movie passes operators used quote trip wires that blocked certain groups of users, typically those who viewed more than three movies per month, from utilizing the service after they collectively hit certain thresholds based on their monthly cost to the company. Oh yeah, and that's not all. In addition to locking out customers who saw more movies than MoviePass wanted to pay for, the company also allegedly burned the rest of its customers for good measure. All right, so we're going to... Stop. Well, actually, no. Let's actually keep going because this is actually the juicy, juicy parts here. So uh, this uh, this part where they burn the rest of the customers, I was actually impacted by this. Movie passes quote. Uh, movie passes operators also fail to take reasonable steps to secure personal information it collected from subscribers, such as their names, email addresses, birth dates, credit card numbers, and geolocation information. The FTC alleges, reads the press release. For example, the company stored personal data, including financial information and email addresses in plain text, not encrypted, plain text, and failed to impose restrictions on who could access personal data. MoviePass and its parent company agreed to settle FTC allegations, which comes with prohibitions on misrepresenting future businesses and the implementation on better data security. Hopefully, that's enough to prevent this villain from getting a sequel. So, yes, my credit card got cacked or whatever, and I ended up having to file fraud claims and shit like that. I mean, uh, you know, they the, the uh, article ends with, you know, they shouldn't get a sequel or whatever. Like, they should be going to jail. Like, <laughs> th this should be a, in a trial. Like, forget a sequel. Like, them, like, forget them having another chance to possibly do it again. No, they should be facing trial. Like, they, they're... they're um, they're scamming. That's yeah. the actual scamming. You know what I mean? So if this is true, like if this is true and if this can be proven in a court of law, there's someone that should be looking to indict them because this is ridiculous. And to think about like to do this with the the world, like, you Watching. know what I'm saying? This is like worse than stuff like Wolf of Wall Street or stuff like that where like. You know, I mean, that was terrible, too. But, like, if you're not getting a phone call from someone that's trying to scam you, then you're good. But in a situation where, like, people all over the world is buying, you know, trying to buy movies and stuff, and then you're finding ways to prevent them from doing so, like, that—that that is 
terrible. Then to make it worse, you're not protecting their private information with money <laughs> on it, like with with email addresses and then stuff. You're not even protecting that stuff. Like, yeah, they should. If this is true, they should be facing jail time. Yeah, Mitch Lowe and uh, Ted Farnsworth should be scrubbing their uh, fucking involvement with uh, from uh, with MoviePass from all over the web, everywhere they could. And, and the still only thing, about and it. the only thing I remember MoviePass doing was they kept. And you know, um, this how I knew they were sinking because they kept changing it. Like at the beginning, it was like you get one movie like day. each day or whatever. Then it started in like one movie each week. Or no, it was like mo- it was three movies max per week. And then also uh, towards the end, they did this thing where it's like, okay, you can do up to three movies per week, but we choose what movies that we get you get to choose. And so what they would do is they would actually cut the show times to like the worst movies, the oldest movies possible, yeah. the worst show times that like they know that nobody liked. Yeah, like. Forget going out on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. They'll have it on a go like, on a week. They're going on Monday, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, they. You know, they. You could tell they were going under by the shit they were pulling. You know, because yeah. it's like and and like you can't promise something and then like as shit getting bad, change it. Like <laughs> no, you said when I got this pass, the point of me getting this pass was I'm just gonna get this damn good deal where I could see a movie a day. You know, then after a while they're going to shit. No, now you're gonna see three movies a day. Now you're gonna see certain movies that like they you could tell movie pass was getting and to me that alone that right there is fucked up but this is like criminal criminal yeah, yeah. like yeah, not terrible. only not not only were you doing false advertisement you were also like fucking up people's uh, personal information like mishandling it and on top of that you were deliberately going out of your way to like prohibit a customer from using your service that you advertise yeah that, and, and that and that's right there that's theft you know that that is theft um because you know i'm buy, i'm paying for a service and you're not providing your providing the service right so that's that's theft and uh and the thing was so unfortunate about all this is like i could see a, a scenario where someone could do something like a movie pass or amc had amc a list yeah like i could see you know someone having an idea if they're not idiots about it and they have maybe certain rules and regulations in place where they can make a profit or something but without fucking over people you know yeah. i can see a certain maybe if they did something where you could see you know one movie a, a week or something for a certain price or something like that i don't know but i could see a, a world where someone could have an idea like this but that was ridiculous right there like you could like i remember hearing about that saying like bro this got to be a scam like how you like paying ten dollars a month you know how much movies you can see <laughs> like that shit is absurd like that's not even one ticket like you're not like ten dollars you can't it's even... literally the price of one ticket yeah yeah as soon as you buy one movie for a month from movie pass you're already like breaking even <laughs> <laughs> like that is absolutely ridiculous and to be honest there's certain tickets at certain places where ten dollars ain't even gonna get you a ticket like <laughs> like you got amc or certain places you can't even it's get like a twelve dollars yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like 12 or 15 dollars so like i always knew like when something's too too good to be true i'm like i don't know about this shit but it's so sure enough like they were scammers so i went ahead and pulled up the actual like ftc complaint this is the it's with it's linked within the article by the way uh it says under the proposed settlement movie pass and its parent company helios and matheson analytics uh and their principals mitch Lowe and ted or theodore farnsworth because he got to use a legal name uh will be barred 
from misrepresenting their business and data security practices. In addition, any business controlled by MoviePass, Helios, or Lowe must implement comprehensive information security programs. This reads like a slap on the wrist. Basically, it says in like some plain English that you're not allowed to do business again, or, or like you're not allowed to do business like this again. Yeah. That's not a punishment, yeah, goddammit. And it's terrible because they could, well, they wouldn't do business like this again anyway. After this <laughs> failure, like that's stupid, man. <laughs> So yeah, um, we'll of course put a link to the to the article in the description, which has the link to the actual FTC fa uh, filings. I just wanted to talk about MoviePass and how crazy it was and how much of a shit show it was. Uh, you know, all of this stuff just recently came to light. Some of this was was already known, but like the new, uh, like the whole like them like doing the password reset thing, that's all brand new information. That's so crazy. Uh, I just kind of kind of wanted to say that I used to be all about MoviePass. I used to tell my friends about MoviePass and shit like that. I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. But you know what's kind of crazy is that movie. MoviePass, as bad as it was, you know, it, the reason why AMC A-List exists is because they wanted because to movie MoviePass. Yeah. Uh, also, Rich, uh, Cinemark has a certain similar thing that's not as good. I don't really like it, but like, well, I have an AMC A-List right now, so I pay like $20 a month It's AMC. still up? I thought it like no. failed or something. Oh, they're no. still up? Okay, no. Okay. I pay $20 a month to AMC, and I get to watch three movies per week. Yeah. Uh, and so like as soon as the week is over it resets and I can watch three movies a week mm -hmm. and it's like so if I wanted to I could literally watch 12 movies a year uh, a month yeah. uh, and sometimes 15 if the week has five if the week has five and months. the reason why that's such a good deal for AMC because AMC is very expensive like if you pay like uh, th say, three yeah. tickets a week normally that's like more than $20 30, yeah that's like 35 $35 or something you know yeah. what I mean because you know, the ticket prices are more than $10. I know that much. Yeah. You know, unless you go, like, at an early like time a, in the day or like something. A, like a matinee. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but if you go to, like, a Saturday, Friday night. Uh, 7 p.m., you're going to get the worst. You're going to upcharge. You're yeah. going to get that high, expensive ticket. So, like, that's a good deal. A, a, uh, AMC A-List is a, a really good deal. Yeah, so when I, when I first got AMC A-List, uh, like, I was going ham. I would... Sometimes I would actually be like, fuck, I have to, I want to watch four movies this week, so I got to pick three. Mm. Uh, but now, like, you know, with the post, when the COVID era things happening, I'm still paying them. And I don't, I don't really mind it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really like any skin off my back is how I feel about it. Especially because I think if I like did the math correctly from like the time when I subscribed, I'm still, I'm still ahead. Mm -hmm. And not to mention like when I was watching the movies like Chaos Walking, you know. I watched that movie and that movie was trash, but I used AMC A-List and scanned it. And scan my barcode, and, and I'm good. And the thing about it is, it's like movies and theaters. Like, even just say you want to see four movies in one week. That you see three of them, that other movie is still gonna be, be in there the next week. The next week. <laughs> so, like, you really just gotta wait and make your fourth one that you least care about. Just Put push it, it over another week, and yeah. bam, you're gonna still see it. It's an amazing deal. Yeah, that is true. And that the good true. thing about I actually, that actually did happen. Actually, oh really? Yeah, that yeah. happened to you? Yeah, <laughs> right. I pushed it and I made sure to get. Yeah, yeah and like, and the, and the, and like. They're not scamming you, so yeah. it's like it's even better. Right? It was a better deal because uh, AMC A list. Not only do they like you know you track your movies and stuff like that. Um, as every time an A list, as an A list, you get to skip the line. There's a concession. You know how like there's a concession line. Ah, oh, you know there's like there's a VIP yeah. line. Oh, I forgot about that. There's yeah, a VIP man. line for A listers, and so I get to go skip the line. Sheesh. And there was one time where I was like, I was like a busy ass movie in the parks, and there was a huge ass zigzaggy line that looked like it was an hour long, Sheesh. and I'm like peasants. God <laughs> and I walk, damn, walk past man. them all. Yeah, I'm about to and get A-list. I'm going to get A-list. And then on top of that, they do the thing where it's like, if you spend $100 at the concession stand, we'll give you 
$5 credit. And so, and you don't have to use it. Like it doesn't expire. And so one time I, I stacked up $25 in credit. And then one time I went to the movies free of charge. I got, I scanned my ticket and I got like chicken tenders and fries, curly fries God, and everything. And I used my barcode and I'm, I walked away without having to pay anything. Shit, man, it was yeah. perfect. It was the see, best. Hey, Liz, that, that's, that's an incredible, incredible deal. Yeah, so I have I have movie pass to think about. It's like silver linings and stuff like that. But I just wanted to just I didn't want to be a walking advertising for a list. But that was a true story. I did like get chicken tenders and soda and popcorn that's all dope. without having to pay for it. So yeah, that's dope. Uh, all right, yeah, movie pass. That was your swan song. We'll uh, hopefully we'll never have to talk you about talk about you ever again. In the meantime, let's go ahead and Netflix and chill. So for Netflix and chill, we're just going to run down the uh, the top 10 things on Netflix and other streaming services. Uh, number one on Netflix was Manifest. Manifest is actually interesting. I saw the trailer. It's a series. It's the second season dropped. I never even heard about it, but apparently it's a show about like this, this, this airplane that takes off and then it just disappears. And then suddenly it lands and it's, years have gone by. So like there's some kind of like time thing where like time dilation kind of thing happening. And so all like these people that are landing and stuff are like com- coming back to a world that they don't even know. Damn, they got uh zipped. I mean they got what the snap the, yeah. the snap <laughs> they got the, the end game the God end game, damn, man, the end game snap kind of thing happened to them. Yeah, exactly. And that's a Netflix original? I think so. I mean it's on Netflix. Damn, I mean. that sounds dope. So there it is. Sweet Tooth drops to number two. Uh, Wish Dragon did not debut at number one. I expected this to debut at number one. I even talked about it last week on new releases, but whatever. Um, Awake is a, uh, I think, I don't know if it's a, I think it's a show or a movie. I don't know, but it's, I saw the trailer where it's about like this, this world event happened where nobody in the world can go to sleep. Suddenly everyone's awake and they cannot fall asleep. And so, you know, when you stay awake for like 48 hours, 72 hours, you start getting delusional. You start, mm-hmm. you know, you can die, yeah, you know. Yeah. So basically, they're like on this ticking time clock where they they have basically less than a week to live because now everyone's going to die if they don't See, solve I, the- I like I like concepts and ideas like that for movies. I, I like that kind of shit. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, oh my God. Is that a show or it's a, a movie? I, think, I don't know. I think it's a show to tell you the truth. Oh, yeah. But dope, uh, basically, there's this one little girl that can sleep. She's the only person in the world that can sleep. <laughs> and I so thought they're mad at her like, damn. <laughs> and so like oh we need to we need to find the cure we need to figure out how to cure ourselves and stuff like that yeah. so yeah and then yeah, the trailer gets crazy uh lupin never heard of that uh coco melon is at number six now the reason why it was at number five last week by the way and i've just figured out why coco melon dropped new episodes that's why we went from number 10 to number five. Oh really yes oh shit see if coco melon drop a new season <laughs> they gonna be at number one <laughs> and shit, as I say, they were at number ten, number nine every week without a new season. I ain't gonna lie, man. I watched Coco Melon. I brought this up a couple times, and I actually gotta like, I, I see the appeal in it for the kids. <laughs> like, I do. I think it's some clever stuff in there. Uh, number seven is Lucifer. It's now like losing steam on the on the charts. Number eight is LA's Finest. Uh, number nine is A Haunted House Two, which is that Dan- is that Wayne's Brothers kind of that. That oh, shitty movie. Oh, really? They yeah. put a more part two to that? Yeah. What the hell? How did that get a sequel? <laughs> Is that... That's crazy. A Haunted House. You remember Haunted House? Yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, where it was like he having sex with a bear yeah, and yeah. all that. So sequel. So is that did Netflix make it? Like it's on Netflix. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a Netflix original. Fact, no, no, no. I'm tripping. Haunted House two came out uh, in theaters. Yeah, I remember uh, them saying something about a Haunted House two coming out. Now that I think about it, but I, I think Netflix just acquired it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number ten is Home. Yeah, it's an animated movie. So yeah, this Netflix chart's actually kind of interesting to tell you the truth. It's different. Uh, yeah. So 
I actually wanted to talk about it. Uh, never anything else. I don't really want to talk about it, so I'll just run through it real quick. Num- uh, the top ten things on iTunes: The Courier as uh, number one. Number two is Nobody. Number three is The Hitman's Bodyguard. Now that's actually worth note because The it's Hitman's to, Wife's Bodyguard, bodyguard is about to drop. About to drop. Yeah, so there you sense. go. Mortal Kombat 2021 is now entering the the iTunes chart. Rogue Hostage at number five. A Quiet Place Part One is still hanging on at that number six. Sense, yeah. Number seven is The Marksman. Number eight is Occupation Rainfall. Number nine, for Ooh, some reason. Tom and Jerry? Why? 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 I don't know, man. What a bad movie. <laughs> number 10 is the Ashton Kutcher movie, The Guardian, oh, where wow. he was plays like a like a diver, like yeah. in the helicopter. He would go into the ocean That's and rescue a weird people. Movie to be in the top ten. I know, right? And that Kevin Costner, Ash and Kutcher joint. Uh, the top 10 things on Amazon. Number one is still that Jason Statham movie, The Wrath of Man. Number two is Spiral from the Book of Saw. Number three is A Quiet Place. Uh, number four is Immortal Kombat. Number five is Nobody. Number six is Godzilla versus Kong. Number seven is also A Quiet Place, which is the HD version. And number eight is The Hitman's Bodyguard. Uh, again, because uh, the movie is about to drop this week. Number nine is The Courier, and number 10 is Chaos Walking. How does Amazon get Spiral from the Book of Saw so quick? So, Spiral from the Book of Saw, I don't know about Spiral specifically, but I know Wrath of Man is made by Universal. And with Universal, after like 13 days or something like that, or 17 days in theaters, it can go to premium video on demand where it's like $20. Mm. And I think I think Spiral is also the same thing where it's oh, like it can okay. be it's not like eight ninety nine or whatever yeah, it's yeah. the twenty dollar like $20. premium oh, okay. one and so I think those two movies are also on iTunes but the the source that I uh, that I use doesn't include it uh, I saw other sources where Wrath of Man was also on iTunes but like for whatever reason I'm always using the same source mm. so for whatever reason I don't have the actual where Wrath of Man actually is yeah, but yeah. from what I saw from another source. Spiral from the Book of Saw also debuted at the same time on, on Amazon, at, on iTunes as well. But Spiral fell off the top 10, but Wrath of Man stayed on there. Mm. So uh, for whatever reason, there's just that little inconsist- inconsistency. And I only wanted to include the Amazon chart because it has those two movies. So yeah. um, my recommendation for the week is going to be uh, something that you can watch on HBO Max right now. It's an all-time classic movie. It's starring Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, and Corey Feldman, and... Uh, uh, short round from Indiana Jones. Mm. Uh, it's called The Goonies. Have you heard the of Goonies, it? The Goonies, of course. Like it's it's a uh, no. I mean, I've heard of it, but I I've never seen it. You never seen The Goonies? Nah. Damn, man, that movie's so good, man. I love that movie. I used to have that movie on DVD, and then I lost it, and I don't know where the fuck. <laughs> well, you must didn't love it that much. You lost it. <laughs> you know, I I honestly like a year ago, uh, I randomly thought about that movie, and I looked on Amazon, and I found it on Blu-ray, and I thought about just you know hitting buy it now, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, The Goonies is one of them movies that, like, even if you've never seen it, you've seen clips, you've seen little it's stuff. It's influenced. It's yeah, influenced like, a lot. it's one of them. Like, I've never seen it entirely, but I've always seen stuff here and there, and it's just, everyone knows, that's one of the movies that's classic. It is an, it's a, it's a really good movie. I love that movie. There's so many iconic, recitable scenes and stuff like that that I'm not going to get into, but uh, I think that it's one of those movies where it's like... You know, you kind of sort of owe it to yourself. If you're a fan of, like, you know, like, adventure movies and, like, you know, those, like, kid movies that, like, everyone's kind of, like, touchstones that everyone knows about, Mm -hmm. The Goonies is like, got to be on your to-do list kind of thing. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's got, like, a lot of these actors have, like, grown up to be famous people. Like, people like Josh Brolin. He was a teenager at the time, so it's kind of crazy. Um, Yeah, I would say uh, go ahead and check it out. It's on HBO Max. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm almost kind of glad I don't have it on Blu-ray because, like, I, yeah, I, it's, 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 it's watching yeah, on stream. Yeah, you can just go see it. Yeah. Stream it anytime yeah. I want. So you know what I mean. So, yeah. 
Uh, I hope it stays on HBO Max forever. I hope it never leaves, which I hope that's the case. But anyways, uh, so Troy, what's your uh, recommendation for well, the week? Well, mine is just going to be simply uh, Loki, um, just <laughs> because it's like, it's it's streaming, it's new, and it's like, I think we can have any recommendation, but I don't think it's something more than shit people going to want to see from like a new Marvel show that's just released on, um, on a streaming service, um, Disney Plus. Yeah. So I, but I, I like Loki so much that I, and this is rare for me because even when I like shows, I never rewatch them. Like I never rewatch an episode. That's like, unless it's something that I grew up on, but I've already lo- watched Loki three times. Damn. And I've never watched a single episode of WandaVision twice, a single episode of the Mandalorian twice, a single episode Falcon. of Falcon and Winter Soldier twice, but I've seen this three times. So I really enjoy it. Damn. That's crazy. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and end the show on uh, the new releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So, for the new releases, I actually have a... For the first time in a long time, I actually made a flub. I did not include a new release from last week. Mm. I always do this thing where, like, if I miss one, I'll put them on the next week's show. But here's the thing. I want to be fair to myself. Who the fuck checks Paramount Plus for new releases? Yeah, yeah, hell nah. Nobody (laughs) don't fuck with Paramount as a damn streaming service. All these damn streaming services, bro, they can't keep up with Peacock (laughs) and shit like that. So I go, when I make this show, I go to the same websites that gives me, like, okay, what's new on Netflix? What's new on Disney? What's new to theaters? Like, I don't have a fucking website where it's like, what's new to Paramount Plus? Plus, Like, what the fuck? That thing, you know, they're going to be bringing up Verve and all this other shit. It's like, what? I barely remember the check what's new on apple tv apple, yeah. And yeah like you know what i mean much, so I, i'm gonna just give myself a little bit of leeway of yeah yeah so this movie is starring mark Wahlberg, and it debuted it was supposed to come in theaters but they completely like you know fuck it it's debuting exclusively on paramount plus only they just say fuck it yeah. i mean that might have been that that might be a bad thing because it might show like damn we don't have faith we don't want to be like that uh movie that bomb that we yeah. were talking about they probably like, look, if we put on Paramount Plus, at least it's going to be an exclusive and uh, we could, you know, do it how that works. But I don't know. That may fit, make me kind of feel like, because if they felt like they had a juggernaut, they, they would not put it on exclusively on Paramount yeah, Plus. Like, yeah, like, because the thing is, you could still put it on Paramount Plus. In 45 days. Yeah, you <laughs> see what I'm saying? So the fact that they're like, no, 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 only Paramount Plus, <laughs> they're like, nah, we're not trying to play theater chains and lose money. So I don't know. It's a big budget action movie with Mark Wahlberg and Chiwetel Ejiofor, and they're trying to make it sound like you know we're doing you a favor yeah, you know what I mean right, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah like come on it's for you like, sign up for Paramount yeah, Plus right. bitches you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah right but I mean it makes me want I'm not gonna lie like it makes me want to see it just to see that why you know what I mean like is it bad I'm like oh nah I see why y'all did that cause it sucks but so I watched the pre- I saw the premise and it's very it looks the premise is so good, and it's like, oh my god, I'm interested. But we'll, we'll get into that here. Uh, it came out last Friday on June 11th, and it's called Infinite. Uh, it's on Paramount+. Plus, and the synopsis reads, The hallucinations of a schizophrenic are revealed to be memories from past lives where he obtained talents that he still has to this day. The film stars Mark Wahlberg, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Rupert Friend, Toby Jones, Dylan O'Brien, and Wallace Day. That's a good cast, by the way. A fantastic cast. Um, so, 
Uh, so yeah, Mark Wahlberg, he's an immortal. Okay, the, the the premise is like all these characters. There's like hundred people in the world, and I forgot what they're called, but they have a name for them, and they all are reincarnated. So as soon as you die, your soul gets entered into a baby, and you're yeah. born again, and you yeah. remember yeah. your past lives. So. Now the thing is, I wonder, do they remember it, or did it just come back like he said, like in little? little they come back a drip feed, like you yeah. you slowly remember over little time. Shit, yeah, over time until when you're an adult, you remember everything. Yeah. But I mean that's pretty cool of a uh, of a premise because I always kind of felt like deja vu was a version of that. Like when you had deja vu, yeah. it could be like, oh, this was like a previous life or some shit. But it, it that's it seems pretty unique, you know. Yeah. And, and when I always be like, when when a film could get that much talent to sign on, yeah. like it must have been something there that made them a, a the premise was good, yeah. Right. Yeah. So so knows? what ended up happening was uh, this there's this movie reviewed poorly. Very poorly. Everyone trashed it on bad reviews. And what happened was, is like, man, this is such a good concept, but they failed to execute. Yeah. So, so uh, that's, and that's why, you know, it takes a lot more than just a good idea. You got to have a good script, good director, good producer, all kind of shit. So that's it. Um, no impressions on that one will ever happen, probably. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have Paramount Plus. Uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard comes out on Wednesday, not on Friday, Wednesday, June 16th in theaters. The synopsis reads, the world's most lethal odd couple, bodyguard, Michael Bryce and hitman Darius Kincaid are back together, are back for another life-threatening mission. Still unlicensed and under scrutiny, Bryce is forced into action by Darius's even more volatile wife. Soon, all three are in over their heads when a madman's sinister plot threatens to leave Europe in total chaos. The film stars Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, Selma Hayek, and Richard E. Grant reprising their roles with Frank Grillo, Tom Hopper, Antonio Banderas, Gary Oldman, and Morgan Freeman joining the cast. Fuck. Gary Oldman? <laughs> yeah. Damn, what the hell is going on with this shit? Like, I, listen, I have zero interest in this movie. Like, because this is one of the movies where, like, I don't even see why they made a sequel. Like, I, you know, the first one didn't do great. And it wasn't like this was a hit, but, you know. Uh, you got Morgan Freeman and then Gary Oldman to yeah, come and join Yeah, they get these legends on their board like, hey, this is going to be good. So what if, what if it's an Oscar movie or some <laughs> shit? It's like, damn, it was, it was funny, but it also was Oscar worthy. I don't know, but I, I have zero interest. Damn. All right. I was hoping maybe you were going to give pick of the week to this bitch right here. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> my pick of the week actually is the, the what's the name? I want to see why it's so bad. Like, <laughs> Infinite? Okay. Yeah, Infinite. I'm going to tell you right now you're gonna change the pick of the week because i'm i left i saved the best for last uh the birthday cake june 18th that's this friday in theaters on the 10th anniversary of his father's mysterious death geo brings a birthday cake prepared by his mother to a memorial celebration hosted by his uncle angelo a brooklyn mafia boss his life soon begins to change as he pieces together what really happened to his dad all those years ago, coming face-to-face -face with the kind of violence he's been trying to avoid his whole life. The film stars Ewan McGregor, Val Kilmer, William Fitchner, <laughs> Ashley Benson, Pam Badgley, Louis Guzman, Emery Cohen, David Mazuz, and Paul Sorvino. <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck, man, that's the that's, <laughs> that's the, a goddamn good cast. I know, sheesh. I never heard of this movie, and you got fucking Hugh and McGregor and like William Fitchner up in this bitch. Yeah, that shit's weird, man. I don't know. Birthday <laughs> cake. I might have to go see what's up with that. <laughs> uh, the Sparks Brothers uh, comes out in uh, theaters this Friday. Filmmaker Edgar Wright explores how one rock band. Oh. 
can be successful. Oh, you know this one? No, but right. you just said Edgar Wright. Oh, okay, all right, I'm a yeah. Fan. He's a okay. So it's a documentary. Yeah. So filmmaker Edgar Wright explores how one rock band can be successful, underrated, and hugely influ- influential, and criminally overlooked, all at the same time. A musical odyssey exploring five weird and wonderful decades with brothers Ron and Russell Mayo, celebrating the inspiring legacy of the Sparks, your favorite band's favorite band, featuring commentary from celebrity fans including Flea, Jane Wilden, Beck, Jack Antonoff, Jason Schwartzman, Neil Gaiman, and more. And I didn't, I don't, you know, normally I say like the film stars or whatever, but I don't actually don't have that because it's a documentary. So I did pull this up here and it says over 80 individuals were interviewed, including Patton Oswald, Weird Al Yankovic, Yankovic, Mike Myers, Fred Armisen, Bjork. And it also features the voice of Simon Pegg um, as he voices John Lennon. That seems interesting. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright, so, uh, and it seems like a cool, you know, uh, documentary. Yeah, a documentary, a, a documentary about a band. I never heard of the Sparks Brothers, but apparently a lot of people who listen to music well, listen see, to them. That, and that's what makes them legends, because it's like, like they said, it's their fa- your favorite band's, band's favorite, favorite band. Band's, you know, <laughs> so, that is cool. Like, I like to see stuff like this when light gets sh- shined on, maybe people that have been overlooked as should have been influential yeah yeah okay uh siberia this one's a (laughs) this one's a small one it's a one-line bitch right so in theaters friday june 18th and the synopsis reads a barman in siberia heads to a nearby cave where he explores his dreams and memories the film stars willem dafoe that's it Shit. Like, like, like a synopsis should almost make you want to see the movie in itself. It shouldn't make you just be like, oh, all right, next. Like, yeah, like come on, bro. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. So I, mean, I've seen I do like William Dafoe. Though. William Dafoe. Okay. So we featured this trailer on Check This Out before in the past. So it's a crazy, mind trippy, like looking scary ass looking thing. Mm. So that's it. It's so like tone. Yeah. We don't know yeah. what it's about. So yeah. I guess it's about him exploring his dreams. Um, now, this one's your favorite. Kevin Hart has a movie coming out on Netflix right here. Oh, the fatherhood <laughs> shit? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Troy, hey, this is going to be your pick of the week nah, right here. That's going to be one of my last picks of the week. Fatherhood comes out on Netflix on Friday, June 18th. A father brings up his baby girl as a single dad after the unexpected death of his wife, who died a day after their daughter's birth. The film stars Kevin Hart, Alfre Woodward, Lil Ray Howery, Dewanda Weiss, Anthony Kerrigan, Melody Hurd, and Paul Reiser. This is gonna be one of the movies that's gonna try so hard to be yeah, a good feel good. Movie. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna try. It's gonna. It's like Oscar bait or some shit. It's gonna suck. Like I really don't think this movie's gonna be good. Like and Chris Hart Rock tried. I mean Chris Kevin Rock. Hart. Kevin Hart tried this before with another movie. But the Brian Cranston movie, with I Brian liked it. Cranston. I liked it though. But see, I didn't. Like <sighs> I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I'll say that I didn't hate it. But I do felt like they were reaching. Like I felt like they were they were trying too hard to be oh you know Kevin Hart but toned down. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think that's what I mean. And Brock Cranston, of course, made the movie better because he's so good in the movie. But he's tried this before, and I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm gonna give it a shot because it's you know maybe Kevin Hart is trying to go down a different path instead of trying to make the same kind of funny movies. But we'll see, man. We'll see. All right, to close out the show is the actual pick of the week, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
what comes out this Friday, and that's the pick of the week. Just not just off rip. Just I don't even know. I can't think. <laughs> I can't think. That's kind of fucked up because this is why this is why people are talking about this movie. Is like this this movie hasn't been marketed well. Why? All right, Luca comes out on Disney Plus oh, this Friday. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> You did not know about that. It kind of crept up on you, didn't it? God damn, bro. Luca. Hey, Luca. Ain't nobody going to give a shit about Luca. I ain't going to lie. What? No, it's I'm a Pixar movie. No, I'm saying because no one's not knowing. Like, no one's about yeah. Like, it's Pixar. Like, Pixar usually be the biggest thing that ever. And I don't care what comes out. If it's a Pixar movie. Everyone's on that Everybody shit. talking about it. It's the biggest shit no matter what you got coming out. And I forgot all about Luca. <laughs> I swear to God. I forgot. And I actually want to see Luca back. Like I want to see Luca. Like I, I forgot all about it. <laughs> Luca comes out on Friday, June eighteenth, on Disney Plus. It is the latest Pixar joint, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, definitely gonna see that. We're gonna have impressions. I'm next week. impressions. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, possibly a, a Troy YouTube video on that one too. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Uh, so the synopsis reads: Set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera, the original animated feature is com- is the coming of age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato pasta and endless scooter rides luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend but all all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret he is a sea monster from another world just below the water's surface the film stars jacob tremblay he's a that's a good that's a good actor right there jack dylan grazier emma berman marco barricelli uh, saverio raimondo maya rudolph and jim uh, uh, gaffigan I only know who Jack, Jacob Tremblay is and Maya Rudolph are. Man, by the way. I'm, I'm glad little Jacob Tremblay getting uh, work because he, he was in the room. I he was like in he Wonder. Was, he yeah, was, I feel like he's he's the good boys a rising superstar, man. Real talk in Room, he was just. I think he got robbed of an Oscar nomination just because he was a kid. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But he was fantastic in that. Yeah, and he opposite Brie Larson and shit. Yeah. Did Brie Larson win the Oscar or she was she won. just nominated? She won. She won. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so there you go, man. So uh so yeah, pick of the week is Luca, obviously. You know what I mean? It's no it's no yeah, contest. No, no, no contest. <laughs> and it's it's free on Disney Plus shit. Uh well, you know, if you already own a Disney Plus yeah. subscription. Uh so yeah, we'll go ahead and end the show. And now the end is near. So I face the final curtain. So it is time to end. We actually went on much longer. We were a little over two hours long, and I was like, I didn't even think the show was going to be that long. But there we are. Uh, it's time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88 and Troy. Bracey Troy 58 Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time. Bye-bye.